When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That cold case you're listening to? Nasty stuff. But you know what else is a crime? Missing even a moment of whatever you're doing to go on a drink run. Luckily, there's Drizzly, the number one app for alcohol delivery. With Drizzly, you can compare prices on the biggest selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered in under 60 minutes. So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. This is the Decibel Geek Podcast with Aaron Camaro and Chris Sinzak. So two seconds ago, Chris Sinzak says to me, fuck it, let's just hit record and see what happens. So here we go. I've just hit record and welcome to the Decibel Geek Podcast, where we are celebrating Kissmas in July all month long. We do this every single year. We love it. We have a great time with it. We had some big plans for today, but they kind of didn't work out. The VIPs know all about it. You yeah. know, ask them. They won't tell you. No. Because it, it's a secret. Because we share secrets with our VIPs. So they're getting a whole extra episode of Kissmas in July that you aren't getting. So... Yeah, Bec- well, become a decibel geek VIP, huh? Yeah. yeah. In a, well, in a nutshell, we had some audio issues that kind of prevented a certain episode that we were hoping to put out to, to be as to good as it could be. But yeah, you know, didn't hey, work. The VIPs still get it, but there um, are people they love it. But at the same time, it was like, well, you know, rescheduling is hard, and uh, and I don't know about you, Aaron, but I've got way too much on my plate. So I got it going easy. I don't know, but oh, I do know about oh, oh yeah, oh, rock and pot expo. Yeah. Do you got any updates for Rock and Pot Expo? Too many. <laughs> I know you do. Um, you poor bastard. But no, no. But essentially, we decided, you know, we still got to put something out to finish off Christmas in July. Yeah. And some of the most, and you know, maybe not most entertaining for you, but some of those fun episodes that we've done during Christmas in July are the ones where it's just me and Aaron. Kind of off the cuff talking. We did one called yeah. Kiss Grab Bag a couple yeah. of years back. That I was, was going to say because I think almost every year in Kissmas in July, we have one it, week. It comes down to that one week where we really ain't got shit. But those always seem to be the ones that everyone enjoys the most. But to uh, to be more formal, we put out the call online of hey, you know, the episode we planned fell through, so we want to be interactive and do something with you. And uh, you guys responded in a big way, so uh, yeah. we're gonna do a just a, we're gonna do a ton of kiss talk about a bunch of different topics, and I'm calling it Kiss Lightning Round. Okay. And uh, at the end, we'll do some calls. We'll try to we'll try to knock out a few phone calls with some of you that suggested questions, and uh, just make it fast. Okay, that sounds. Does good that work? Way. Yeah. But yeah, the rock. I'm always and, down to talk to some Kiss fans. The uh, Rock and Pod Expo is uh, less than a month away, and. Um, I'm blowing off steam by having a few beers today. It's been a while, and I needed it. And after what we just got done talking about, man, yeah, you deserve it. You yeah. need it. It's um. There's a lot on my plate getting this done, but uh, if you're uh, if you're already coming to Nashville, I'm looking forward to meeting you. Yes. Um. And let me go ahead and apologize in advance. I'm busy, 
But uh, I'm happy to see all of you and talk yeah. to all of you. Well, we're going to be there. Yeah, we're definitely. I'm definitely going to be there. Um, the way it looks for me is I'm just going to kind of be out there hanging out. I don't think I've got anything going on. Well, we're we are moderating two panels. Oh, we are. Yes. Okay, so we got the producers panel, right? Yes. With the one and only's Dick Wa- uh, Michael Wagner. Yes. Um, who else we got? Toby, Toby Wright. Wright. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kevin Beamish. And Kevin Beamish. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. And uh, that, so we're moderating that, and that will be released later as a Decibel Geek episode. Cool. And then uh, we are also moderating the uh, Q&A for the Heavy Metal Parking Lot Screening oh, and Reunion. Yeah. So that will also be released as a uh, Decibel Geek episode. So I figure we would moderate and get our episodes recorded at the same time so we can there's multitask. Something, there's something pretty neat that goes on sometimes with this. It's, it's where, like, the stars align and things. And we haven't talked about this on the show. Uh-huh. But, you know, at this point, I think our listeners have heard us talk about it enough mm-hmm. that I'm sure everybody, I'm hoping everybody, and if you haven't, you should, have gone to YouTube and checked out Heavy Metal Parking Lot. It's oh, like yeah. It's like 15 minutes long. You yeah. know, it's, it's 15 minutes of your life that you'll be glad that you gave away because it's a snapshot into yeah. life. What is it, 83? 86. 86. The Turbo Tour for Judas oh, Priest. Yeah. So, Dokken was the opener. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's a super cool snapshot into the world of rock and roll in 1986. And that's a, and to me, man, that's a beautiful thing. The cool thing about that is, you know, and we've talked about it with our VIPs and we've talked about it to a certain extent here on the show, but, you know, we have, we, I say we, you have rounded up the rock and roll, this, this whole thing, the heavy metal parking lot people, the, yeah. the guys that made the movie and some of the biggest stars in this movie. Oh yeah. Two of the most memorable characters. <laughs> yeah. And here's a trip that, that I never even realized. Mm. There's a bar in downtown Nashville What's the name of the place? Oh, Clyde's on Church. Clyde's on Church. Yes. They have got a mural. A whole wall. A whole great big wall-sized, full-sized mural. Of characters. Of characters from Heavy Metal Parking Lot. (laughs) (laughs) Can you believe that shit? I was... uh, Coincidence. It's true serendipity. Oh, man. I don't even know... gymnasium. Yeah, I don't even know what that means, but it sounds... Well, it's just, just wonderful. It's funny because, like, and you know, sorry, we're not on Kiss Talk yet. There's a lot. To oh, come. we're gonna get there. We're um, gonna, gonna take up a bunch of your time. Yeah, today. yeah, it's gonna be a long one because it's we're just gonna record it and release it. There's not gonna be any fancy editing or anything on. I this. haven't even looked and seen if there's an iTunes review yet. There is, but I know there is. We'll get to that. No Kleenex today. But uh, yeah, Clyde's on Church has a fully wall mural. But yeah, if you haven't watched Heavy Metal Parking Lot, it's uh, it's 16 minutes of glory, and uh, it's on YouTube, and you can watch it for free. And uh, you, owe it, you owe it to yourself to watch of glory. it. It is. <laughs> it really is. It's a, it's a true time capsule. There's yeah. no one on a cell phone. Um, everyone's nope. completely loaded. Yeah. And uh, just enjoying life and having a good time. It's a true it snapshot be. of a simpler time. And uh, if I could take a time machine to go there and hang out with those people, I would. But that, we get to that, hang out with two of you them. You would be a guest on the uh, I would. The I would be a guest expo. at my own expo. <laughs> got the butterfly effect all fucked sp- up now and speaking of kiss there is a sighting of a kiss asylum t-shirt in heavy metal parking lot if you look hard enough yeah yeah which you have yeah all right but, uh, <laughs> but yeah but uh so we're having uh jalen graham graham of dope owens mm-hmm. and he's gonna be there and he's very prominently featured in the movie and then the guy that some people even rumored had died uh johnny devault who otherwise known as dc 101 guy yeah uh the guy that sings Living After Midnight, and he, one of the most memorable, maybe the most memorable character from the film. Yeah. And uh, 
tracking him down is a whole story unto itself. And I got to thank Patrick Johnson, who's helped us decibel geek with graphics and stuff. It's, it all started with me putting up a little GIF file of, of Johnny singing living after midnight saying, this is a bucket list interview. That was the whole germ for this whole a thing. A long time ago. Yeah, It was like last winter. And, um, Patrick messages me and goes, I'm going to find this guy for you. And I'm like, knock yourself out. I don't care. I was just joking really. And he damn did it. And, uh, Next thing I know, he's found the guy, sends me his information. I track him down. I pester him for a full month. And I was just going to do it. We were going to do a heavy metal parking lot special for Decibel Geek. Right. That was the initial idea. That was around January. And then late January, yeah, it was around late January, early February, BJ from Rock and or Roll goes, hey, we should, you know, do a crowdfunding meetup for the podcasters. And I'm like, yeah, this could be cool, but let's, we need to give them something for their money. Right. And then we started, that's when the whole expo thing started was because, well, we could have vinyl vendors. That'd be cool to have vinyl yeah. vendors and people could come up and buy records too. And then I'm like, well, we've interviewed all these people for that live here. Maybe they'd be willing to come and sign autographs for an hour. And then it's like, oh, we could do live podcasting sessions and panel discussions. Mm-hmm. And then the gear started turning. And then I, and Aaron probably remembers this. I looked at him one night and I was like, what if we did the heavy metal parking lot thing there at the expo? And, like, had these people come into town instead of coming on the podcast. What did I say? I said, heck yeah. And that's when it, that's when the whole ball got rolling on that, and we've actually made it a reality. Yeah, Still it's actually happening. Away. Which, the cool <laughs> thing, it comes back around to that bar in Nashville where they got the mural on the wall. The story you told me is that the bar hired some guy to paint a mural. Yeah. Didn't have no idea. Had didn't no give idea him no the direction. They just told him to paint it. whatever he wanted. Just paint something cool. Yeah. And that's what he did. He was a fan of the movie. And so he yeah. and so these guys are coming into Nashville for the first time ever to see this, yes. this monument well, and to I, them. And I was talking to Jeff Krulik, who's also coming. He's one of the filmmakers. And, um, you know, we had, we had had numerous conversations before. And, you know, he was already excited to come to do this. Yeah. But uh, what I mentioned, you know, well, there's a restaurant here that's got a whole full wall mural about heavy metal parking and he it clicked in his head like he he had heard about it and he was like that's nashville he's like oh fuck yeah he's like we can so now we're trying to actually arrange to where we could have jeff and graham and and johnny show up at the restaurant maybe the 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 afternoon before the expo they are gonna trip out when they see that at least do photos in front of the mural but i'm also trying to arrange a news crew to possibly come down and film a story about about them doing it and that would help promote the expo yeah it's totally special because uh johnny is one of the people on the wall yeah so uh so we're trying to line that up. But it, when I told so Jeff, cool. when I brought that up to Jeff, he was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Like it really clicked. Yeah. Like, oh, this is amazing. So I can't believe it. I've never been in that bar. Otherwise, I'm sure I'd have been like, what is this? I was there for the first time a week ago when uh, me and Chad Lee and then Robert Bentley, who's uh, Gene Simmons impersonator, yeah. went down there to do a uh, photo shoot for the uh, Rock and Pod Expo t-shirt. Did you talk to anybody there? I did. I talked to the owner. Yeah? And uh, and then I've emailed with him a couple of times, and he's like, it sounds like we can work something out. And, you know, he's like, if you can get a news crew interested, you know, you're more than welcome to come down here and film something. Nice. So, so they're all about doing it. So, yeah, because it's almost like it's good press for your restaurant, too. Heck, yeah. Rock and Pod Expo, August 26th, right here in Nashville, Tennessee. We got the pre-party the night before on on the 25th. At the Cobra. At the Cobra. That sounds cool, right? Hail Cobra. And uh, we got some great bands going to be there. And, you know, so many, so much cool stuff going on the day of the Rock and Pod Expo. I am so stoked I didn't mean to turn this into a commercial for the Expo, but but it's fresh on our mind. Yeah, and we're really excited about it. We really want you guys to come be a part of it. You know, we don't care what part of the world you're from. Oh, come into town. We got people coming 
from a long a ways long way. away from Nashville to be a part of this. Europe. We would love it. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Europe and California. You yeah. Know, the total opposites. Yeah. But we would love for you to be a part of it, too. You know, oh, yeah, come there, to town. There's all kinds of cool stuff going on. You know, it's just going to be a rock and roll party. That's true. And if true. that's something you're interested in and taking a vacation to Music City, that's the weekend to do it. It's it coming is. up. You got about a, yeah, a little less than a about month. Three and a half weeks. But you can figure it out. You can sure. put in your, your your notice at work. You, you know, only live once, guys. Just give them your two week notice. This pocket. is the this is the only year it's definitely happening. So right, yeah, we're working hard this year so that we can yeah. next year make it happen even better, and the next we, year yeah. after that even better. But so. we need you here to make it happen this year, right? Yeah, because if we do this, and all these podcasters come from all over the country, yeah, and all these music vendors come in with all their awesome rock and roll memorabilia, and Michael Wagner and the boys show up, and you know so many awesome guests that are going to be showing up to sign autographs now if the people don't show up to this thing it's one and done yeah it's gonna i'm gonna be already fuffkin asking for an ass kicking oh, man it's gonna be a spinal tap signing session yeah over again. no and i don't want to be that guy no so yeah no because if you guys don't show up me and Ian Wadley are just gonna get freaking hammered and that's you guys are gonna get it. hammered either way that's it we're getting hammered <laughs> <laughs> place could be jam-packed and you guys are going to oh, get hammered man. either way we're going to be drinking maiden beer and megadeth <laughs> beer and anthrax beer mm. and whatever other kinds of beers they got and every once in a while we're going to take a drink uh, a break and drink a little kiss soda yeah <laughs> kiss soda and we're going back to the maiden beer okay so and we got to get into kiss stuff but uh so, let, yeah, we're like 10 minutes in i know let's know, uh probably let's handle the uh business okay. part of this let's real handle fast. the business and then we can get back to yeah. the messing around i hope you guys are okay with an off-the-cuff uh discussion because i hope you're okay with it because you're that's stuck with it this week again <laughs> i'm sorry y'all but at least you get an episode this week right and it's kissmas in july we're gonna have fun today that's the most important thing so here okay. we go so, let's start it out like this iTunes review? Yes. We got one. We do. Stars, all five. Comes to us from Sean Fowler, and it goes a little something like this. Ooh, let me catch my breath. You ready? Kissmas in July, A+. It's only rock and roll all night, and I like it. Exclamation point. Simple and to the point. Do you need anything more than that? No, it works for me. No, Thank you, Sean. No, it works totally for me. Thank you, Sean. Thank you guys for keeping those iTunes reviews coming in. Truly, truly, they do mean a lot. You know, I've heard other podcasts talk about it. I know we're not the only podcast you guys listen to. They all talk about it. Yeah, These important. iTunes reviews are very, very important, and they're important to us, too. Thank you for doing it. Thank you for uh, the ones or two of you that haven't done it yet that will now do it. Well, the thing is, there's thousands of you that listen every week. Uh-huh. We need, but we only have a like little... 300? Yeah, not even that. No? I want every one of you to have an iTunes review. That'd be great. That's the goal. That'd be great. So anybody that's currently listening to this show on iTunes has no excuse but to go leave us a review. Just leave a review. Make it a good one. Give us those five stars. We love yeah, it so much. Yeah, I want much. you to go in there and say, these guys suck shit. But no, I mean, no, we're not. <laughs> I want it to sound good. <laughs> these guys are a bunch of dumb assholes. Yeah, these guys are last what did, what did they do for the last week? Kiss Mr. July. They build it up, build it up. Pixie Esmond, amazing return to Pixie Esmond. Oh, boy, and what do we get after that? No, we're pretty cool on our own. Yeah, we're all Come right. Come on, and actually. We do all right. We're going to pretty much be answering questions that and topics that you, the listeners, brought up. So right. if, it, if this episode it's sucks, fault. it's your fault. <laughs> That's the whole reason I did it. I'm all about transference. Well, hopefully we have <laughs> as big of a group of names for Geeks of the Week next week as we did for last week's episode with Pixie Esmond. And, man, 
You just can't beat Pixie Esmond on an episode. You just can't beat it. No, she's uh, she's an entertaining person under herself. And uh, I just want to hang out with her every oh, yeah. day. Every day, I want to wake up in the morning. I want my job to be clock in at Pixie Esmond's house. I want to. That's I. When I was young, I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grow up. Mm. I didn't know there was such a thing as podcasting. Now that I'm adult, I know what I want to be. Pixie Esmond's personal assistant. All right. I would just want to hang out with Pixie all day long. Well, yeah. You know, every day. But you'd have to hang out with Liam, who our listener who uh, proposed to her last week. Oh yeah, they're married now, aren't they? Yeah, I think Con- so. I, congratulations He's to you guys. He's gonna put her through college. Way. That's what I heard. Awesome, man. Liam's See, awesome. That's great. I gotta let me give a quick thank you and shout out since we're doing this off the cuff. Liam Forrestall, you always send great responses mm-hmm. to the episodes on Facebook, and you even go on KissFAQ.com. Like I hadn't even had the time to put the links to this episode on KissFAQ's message board, and he's put every episode this month up there. And with you know glowing praise and everything, I hope you'll do it for this week. Yeah, please. But uh, <laughs> I'm kissing your ass in advance, so you'll do it. But uh, no, it's uh, you deserve a lot of credit, man. You're you're a really good supporter of the show, and I appreciate it. Here's something I was thinking about, and this is totally unrelated. Mm-hmm. You know, you got Wikipedia, right? And that's like the main source that most people go to for their information nowadays. Right. You know, and they've always got like stories. Say, let's say Kiss. You know, and so you could say uh, Destroyer. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's you get the Wikipedia page, but there's so much information that can be added to that Wikipedia page mm-hmm. because of our interviews. I would think so. Or whether it be Motley Crue '94, or I mean, just about any episode. Yeah, but Nikki Six done. would go in and remove stuff. Damn him! Yeah. Damn him, Nikki Six. But I'm just saying, you know, if if I knew somebody that knew how to work that Wikipedia, oh, anyone can do that. But it's difficult. Oh yeah, it's work. Yeah, it's a lot of work. We try to avoid that. It's tricky. <laughs> But, you know, just saying, just put it out there. If somebody know anything about Wikipedia, let us know. We've got Instagram people. we got Facebook people. Yes. we got website people. We need a Wikipedia person. That's true. That'd be great. Geekopedia. Geekopedia. There you go. Taking over. That's the new thing. We're taking over. All right. So, Geeks of the Week. These are the people that <clears throat> shared on Facebook and retweeted on Twitter last week's Return of Pixie. Mm, that was awesome. Which was awesome to talk to her again. Uh, Geeks of the Week this week are Thomas Mukaji, Christina Green, Matt Porter from The Kiss Room, Greg York Podcast, Rock City, Dave Schertz, Seymour Pierce, Mike Grabowski, Cobras and Fire Podcast, Neil Johnson, Andy LaFon, Brant Cattell, Anthony Britt, Trevor McDougal, Rob Webb, Steve Wright from the Potter Than Hell Podcast, Baco, Brant Cattell, Joe Royland, Sit and Spin with Joe, Scott Smith, Paul Korn, Wayne Cross, Hoops, Andrew Jacobs, Chris Karam, Ian Wildley from Rock and Metal Combat, Kevin Williams, Cool World, Dan Chapu, Rich Canamar, Rock and Ron Runyon, Joseph Capone, Shay Hargett, Jeffrey Mendenhall, Aaron Baker, Derek Novak, Spicoli, Rob Webb, Adam Cox, Shane Abair, Brent Tibbetts, Stephen Michael, Mikhail Burrell, Dave Koska, Anthony Visconti, Freeform Rock Podcast, Sean Cullen, Brennan Barrier, James McElhenney, Stephen Atchison, DJ Sacrifice, Tom Smoke, Joe Becht, Darren Hellowell, Alex Thorne, MDG Rock Photography, Christopher Stokes, Blame Your Brother Podcast, Free Will 72, Ernesto Aguiar, Scott Thomas, Sonny Pooney, and of course, the, the Mooger Fooger. Yeah, the list wouldn't be complete without the Mooger Fooger. We, hey, we were He's just... coming to the Rock and Pod Expo. Oh, awesome. And man. his wife. Nice. Cool I can't wait to meet them. Yeah. Um, something else we were talking about before we started recording the uh, Blame Your Brother podcast. Yes. I'm told is highly, highly recommended. And that's something I'm going to look into because I know D Brew. He's an awesome dude. It's him and his, it's him and his brother, literal older brother. And uh, his uh, their best friend from high school. Yeah. So you you got automatic chemistry, and uh, 
If you want to hear uh, Debrew and his brother are at complete opposite ends of the political spectrum. Yeah. So it's hilarious hearing them ar- argue about Trump, especially. Nice. So they they asked last week, should we continue to talk, talk about politics? And I said, yes, definitely. Well, we don't long, talk about them on our show, but I'll listen to it on theirs. Not until Gene Simmons runs for president, oh, damn it. God. <laughs> presidential toilet seat covers oh man yeah that'll be great yeah very cool thank you everybody that shared our episode last week with pixie we love pixie asman she is just the freaking best man you can't you just can't beat it like i said we could do just a pixie episode uh every single week i just gotta get her working for kiss again so we can get some more inside stories yeah about her messing with them yeah that's the best part of it Thank you guys. We appreciate it. Okay, so so how we did this, and I guess we'll do we'll answer some some listener questions first, and then we'll uh, look into doing some calls as we get towards the end if we can make the Skype thing work. Skype's been kind of a bitch since we uh, since it did an update, so we'll try. But uh, we'll we'll I I put out a call basically saying, guys, we had audio gremlins affect our episode for this week, so we want to be interactive this week and answer questions and talk about topics that you suggest. So. You ready to go through these? And we're oh, the cops are coming. Well, I'm ready. What do we got? What are we starting with? I guess we should say this episode is brought to you by Elysian Space Dust IPA. Yeah, it sounds like our sounds like it's your strong. rides here too. <laughs> <laughs> I did that to these guys at work one time. There was a site of the old joke, hey, he's over here. But they were illegal aliens and they oh, really shit. took offense to it. <laughs> no. They were really mad at me and I didn't know. <laughs> oh my gosh. Cut that out. No. Um yeah, so we're uh, we're doing an off the cuff kiss talk here. Oh, this is a strong beer. Yeah, it's high gravity IPA. Yeah, See, space dust it doesn't take much. Ace Frehley would have That's liked this it. a long time ago. Yeah, it's a little bit of uh, a little bit of kiss related talk. So we did all the business. Yep. So we just got to do get into the Facebook interaction that I asked for. And uh, did we get some? Yes, we got a lot. See, I put it on my page and nobody responded to it. You're not as absolutely addicted to Facebook as me, though. Yeah. So I get I get a little bit more. You are way reaction. more. You see, I mean, I'm, I'm terrible always, with it. In my life, I'm used to being the popular one. But since doing Decibel Geek, I've had to take a back seat. <laughs> I've had to learn to cope with that and be like, okay, Chris is the popular one. I You're just, popular. I just, just do my thing. You know, as long as I'm having fun, I don't need to be the most popular one, right? Chris, I'm just more obsessed with the internet than okay. you. You actually well, have a, you actually pay attention to your actual life. <laughs> That's all it really boils down. I to. I need to stop that. Uh, all right, so we put out the call saying we want to make this an interactive thing for Kiss Talk. So, so let's just get rolling on uh, the responses and topics and questions, and we'll just go down the line. All right, let's do it. Yes. First one I see, I'm looking forward to the interview part Uh-oh. two. When will that be a thing? <laughs> and I said around March 25th, as long as it doesn't get delayed. Nice. Yeah, Before, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I get you. That was the whole plan to start with. That's I'm gonna funny. Say, say it comes out March 25th and then say your guess was difficult and then boom, it comes out April 1st and you don't realize it. A low down. Yeah. But, still... but hey, you know what? We're all better people for having gone through that because we've learned a little something about disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> I I still say we got twice as many listeners after that episode as far as compared to what we lost. Right. So, yeah, because there was some people that said they would never listen yes, to us again. We, we did lose we some people. hate you. But it's like, come on, guys. <laughs> 
It's an April. It's an April Fool's joke, and there's gonna be more Vinny talk to come. Um, sure, we're always gonna look for more things to talk about with Vinny Vincent, and you know what? I think my dream and your dream is probably the same when it comes to this show. Someday, we will oh, have yeah. Vinny Vincent on this show. Well, he's I, top of my list. I but guarantee it. Someday we'll see. I don't, someday, I'm not guaranteeing. Come that. on, if Vinny Vincent's gonna come out of we his did it last per- year. proverbial closet and do an actual interview it's with, with anybody. Us. It's nah. got to be with us. Yeah, it won't be with us. It's going to be with Eddie Trunk, ain't it? Yeah. That fucker. I would guess. All right, Jason. We had Eddie Trunk on the show before he even knew what podcasts were. So, that is true. So when Vin- Eddie Trunk, I know you're listening to this, when Vinny Vincent oh, yeah. calls you and <laughs> says, I'm ready to come out and do an interview, you say, no, it wouldn't be right for you to come on my show. You need to go on Decibel Geek. <laughs> I'll take responses that are as far from Eddie Trunk as humanly possible for a thousand, Agalog. <laughs> Right. Um, I don't think Eddie would ask the same stuff we would uh, ask. No, he would not. That's from Jason so, Seth. So how are you doing today? Yeah. Let me tell you how I'm doing. I'm doing really great. Yeah, he would he would tell you how he's doing. Let <laughs> uh, me start on Eddie Trump. Oh, Eddie. Um, we love you, Yes, man. Eddie, we want your job, but also you're annoying these days because you interject yourself into everything. But for some reason, we still love you. Yeah, deep So down. I guess that works. All right. David B. Hope from the Apocalyptic Lover says... I'm done with the makeup touring and set list. Who would be down for bringing Bruce back and doing a non-makeup tour focusing on all those records? To please the masses, they could do some makeup tunes for the encore's thoughts. I'd be in, I'd be in for sure and would be cool before they hang it up. Now, I, I'm totally First off, I'd in like agreement. to say that apocalyptic lovers They're good. are freaking awesome. Yeah. And if you're listening to this and you don't know about the apocalyptic lovers, maybe you missed that episode when we talked about them, check out this band. Yeah, they're good. Now, I'm confused by the question. He's basically saying he'd be all about having Bruce come back, get uh-huh. rid of the makeup, okay, and then maybe play makeup-era songs for the encores, but the rest of the set list focus on the 80s stuff. Now, that's that's a great idea. For us. For us. Yeah. Um, not for the not, masses. Not for the masses. But, uh, yeah. I'd that, be, I, man, I'd be all about it. Oh, I'd be first in line for that. You bet I would. Because I love that era. And I, I love Bruce. I would be right there to sell Eric Singer some blonde hair dye in a, in a second. <laughs> Let's do it. And we're doing this as lightning round, so we're going to go fast through a lot of these. So, all right. So, misheard lyrics, for instance. Whiplash, heavy metal laxative. <laughs> <laughs> I never mistake that one. I actually had the album of Creatures of the Night, so I read all the lyrics. And this so is Brennan Barrier, who we uh, we actually met at the Alice Cooper show. At oh, T-Pack. yeah. Right on. That was uh, an awesome show, man. And another one. This is one of my favorites, too, is from uh, Likes to Put the X in Sex. It's instead of you're begging for an Eiffel, but you only get a piece, uh-huh. or you only get a peak, you're begging for an apple, but you only get a peach. You know what? I've thought that before, too. <laughs> That's great. I love that. I love that. I, it makes me want to start my own band and just just to write a song to have that. We're like, we'll, we'll write 20 songs, but I will be satisfied if we write one song that has that line in it. I'm surprised you're Gene, begging for an apple, but you only get a peach. I'm amazed that Gene hasn't marketed heavy metal laxative yet. <laughs> <laughs> now at Rite Aid. Yeah, no Heavy shit. metal laxative. <laughs> Gene's face face on the box. Looking a little constipated. (laughs) Oof. An elder era picture. (laughs) The whole band was musically constipated at that time. Okay. I'm going to get a hate for the elder now. Um, 
from Justin Castle. I've thought a Kiss box set of CDs and DVDs from each tour would be pretty cool for diehard fans. Maybe divided up original lineup and then Creatures Through Revenge, then Reunion Through Present lineup. Just use the best live recordings from each tour with no touch-ups. Your hmm. thoughts? Interesting. I'd buy it. So, like, they would release a box set. It would have CDs and DVDs in it. So you take, like, their very first tour and, like, just cherry-pick the best performances yeah. of individual songs. Like a song from each tour. And I then, mean. like, the second tour, you do the same thing and just pick the songs. Yeah, that they, like an antholo- a live anthology. You know what? I'd buy it in a heartbeat. I'm a sucker. But, I would buy it in a heartbeat myself, but too. But they're uh, not interested in marketing music in concerts. They're... But you got to look at it like that. I don't know if they're not interested in marketing music and concerts. There's so much as they're not really down with trying to create new music and trying to pitch that to the current audience, I guess. Mm-hmm. But something like that, you know, it's easy, right? It's easy. I yeah. mean, all you got to do is hire somebody like uh, our friend that did the Anthrax stuff, you know, hire him to sit down and, uh, you know who I'm talking oh, about. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Sean Franklin. Yeah, he, yeah, Sean. He, Sean actually wants to come back on. He uh, He's working on State of Euphoria next. Nice. So we had a great conversation come back with him about that. Anthrax before. But yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, somebody like that, sit down and go through everything you got. My hand's raised. I would gladly that's make that. That's what I'm all my, about. That's a, that's my dream career. You know, sure. I, I said a minute ago that I wanted to be Pixie, Pixie Esmond's uh, personal, assistant. personal assistant, but actually I would like to be the guy that's hired by KISS to go through all their old footage and pick out the best of the best. That's Break, my dream job. Breaking Pixie's heart, man. She'll have to understand. <laughs> Liam's going to fill in for you. I'm sure. He's um, got it covered. He's put no, her through college. Yeah, no, no kidding. But no, I... I I think the uh, audio and video is that's what I'm interested in. Like I don't yeah. I don't care about I don't care about the I don't even care about the buy the guitar for five thousand dollars business. I don't nah. I don't care about product. I care about audio and video. And I will mm-hmm. I will be first in line to buy any of that stuff. Kissology Rock and roll satisfaction. That's well, what I'm after. The Kissology series should have been the tip of the iceberg. Like we should right. be well into live anthologies and videos and DVDs. And I know there's not as much of a market now with downloading and streaming, but there's still money to be made there. And it's not that cheap to produce that stuff. Because we're KISS fans, man. We're weird that way. We want the actual thing, you know? We want to have that. We like the packaging. Here's the deal. Like, when I was a little kid and I was into KISS and as I got into my teenage years, it came to the point where, like, albums were out. And mm-hmm. cassettes were in, I remember you that. know, and then like, but from being a young kid, I'd collected LPs. Mm-hmm. And so then when the new Kiss cassette or even after a little while CD came out, I still wanted the LP right. to go with the collection. Right. Collection with a K. Of course. Of course. Yeah. And so that was important to me at that time, you know, to have that collection. You know, luckily for me, I never really got into like trying to replace my LPs with cassettes. And by the time that came around, I was already into CDs, Mm -hmm. you know. And so now I've got almost the full CD collection again of the remastered versions. But, man, KISS fans are weird. You know, and I say that because I am one. I want it. I want it. I got a collection going on, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I think Gene and Paul understand that. Kiss fans are weird, you but know. But they don't. That's the thing. There's so much money they're, they've missed out on from the archive type stuff they could put right. out. They and can, see, they can make a fortune. Thing. You can make Kiss toilet paper, yeah. and you can make Kiss Hello Kitties, yeah. and you can make Kiss toothbrushes mm-hmm. or whatever. But ultimately, at the end of the day, and I think I speak for most KISS fans when I say this, we want music. Mm-hmm. We want stuff we've never heard before. You know what? I'm, wanna, 
I want to put forward a theory, and this could be completely off base, but I think it's part of the reason why you don't see more audio and video stuff released. In the early 90s, KISS licensed out a lot of their masters and catalog to a company called Horapro. Okay. And they were in a cash shortage at the time, and this is a Japanese company that would basically, they would buy your publishing, and they'd give you a quite a good good amount of money at the time to wholesale buy your publishing. And they, they bought Kiss's Masters, from what I remember, because um, I remember seeing Horipro's name on a lot of stuff from the early years of me being a Kiss fan. Yeah. And... So I'm wondering if maybe they still own a lot of Kiss's songs, and maybe that is a big part of the reason why you don't see them mining their back catalog for concerts. and Because and, even if they're playing a song live on a video, that song still has to be paid through Horror Pro, I think. So are we talking about like studio versions or are you talking about like this song but pub, in, in no, any Publishing form? on the song, like a performance period of the song. Huh. Publishing is where all your money is. Right. So if you give up your publishing to a company, then they pretty much own that song. Right. And if you're a band who's got like former glory, yeah, but aren't doing nothing right now, they own that 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 music. It, it seems like a good option to say, okay, you know, we'll sell you the rights to this music because at this point we don't feel like it's really that valuable. Well, in 19, we really need yeah. the cash. And look where Kiss was back in then. In eighty nine, ninety, they they needed the money. And I think that's around the time the Horror Pro deal happened. So, so we I'm, need the money to build the fucking Sphinx, you know? This giant Sphinx right. ain't going to build itself. Leon. <laughs> Leon Sphinx. Leon Sphinx. But, I mean, that that's a theory. I don't know if it's, the, if it's the truth, and I'm not trying to break any news here or anything, but I wonder if that's the reason why you haven't seen them mine their back catalog more, because it's like... Hello Kitty toilet paper is in abundance, but right. but I can't get fucking Budokan seventy seven on vinyl or whatever. You know, it's yeah. like why is that? Why is that the case? Yeah, because you would think nowadays why would they it, give it that would money be, stream up. Right, it would be so easy to say we're going to release this concert right. from Budokan or right. you know Cobo Hall or wherever. There's you know, some on uh, LP, and we're going to release it and you know remaster it and mm-hmm. release it. And we know you Kiss fans are going to go crazy for it. There's some incredible bootlegs out there of these live shows. Yeah. So it's like, why is Kiss not capitalizing on this and they're not making any of that money? There's a company called Godfather Records that right. They Those put guys have been these, doing it for years. They like double vinyl, colored vinyl with booklets and and like you know professional covers and I mean it crazy looks, ass it looks, album titles. Yeah, but it looks straight out like something the band would officially release yeah those guys do their stuff right and, you and know, they're making they're a fortune like on it professional bootlegs sure yeah i've thought about buying some of that stuff. oh yeah me too totally but it's like you know why is the band missing out on that stuff you know they're they're focusing on you know more com- it's like they're almost more interested in non-musical ventures than right. they are musical ones but you gotta figure the why way that, that the way that works is like i'm a, i'm a toothbrush company Oh, and God. you know, Tooth so tunes. so I want to go to you know bands. I want to go to whoever's running the Beatles. I want a toothbrush that when you turn it on, it plays Hard Day's Night. Right. I want to go to Kiss. I want a toothbrush that plays Detroit Rock City. You know, when you turn it on, and you know, it's endless. So if I'm that company, I'm definitely going to Kiss and sure. saying, "Hey, I want to come out with a Kiss toothbrush." Or if I'm a toilet paper company, I want a Kiss toilet paper. Or if I'm a anything. Mm-hmm. Anything. Well, it's a, it's low hanging fruit. It's easy to sure. license. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's easy it's a to known license. Commodity. And it's a known commodity, and you know there's a fan base out yeah. there that'll say, 
eh, I was going to buy a new electric toothbrush, and then I saw this Kiss one, Why and not? I just had to have it. Uh, from Jan Ovi, I think that's the right net way of saying it. Um, is it gonna? Is there going to be a Kiss reality show where the winners can replace Paul and Jean? Do you do you think that the Kiss 2.0 on a, a reality show is going to happen? All right, so I got to tell you, man. Right now, at this moment. I have an amazing buzz going on. I feel so good right now. You're going to have to repeat that question to me. What What was the question? I don't know. That's what I'm asking <laughs> you. The last question that we got. Uh... <laughs> this is how we celebrate the end of Christmas in July. We worked pretty hard for all this, you know, so this okay. is our night to... Yeah, I'm blowing off steam Fuck today. off and have yeah. fun and talk about Kiss. And you get to join us. So if you have beer, um, crack one open and yeah. uh, listen and... Enjoy us unless, talking about the... Unless uh, you're at work right now. So, don't do that. So we went through the Vinnie Vincent interview. Okay. Yes, we would love to have Vinnie Vincent on the show. We've established mm-hmm. that many times. <laughs> we went through misheard lyrics. Yeah, that's good stuff, man. I, we could probably do an episode on that if we really concentrated on it. There's the end of the song uh, Hooligan, uh-huh. where in reality, Peter Chris says, every chicken town loves me, but... On the message boards, I remember people thinking he was saying, I'm a chicken salad roast beef. Hmm. Go listen to it. You'll hear it. Maybe he is. He's a chicken salad roast beef. Maybe. Maybe that's how he felt uh, Felt at that moment. We had. Asked, oh, yeah. I think we left off with, is there going to be a Kiss reality show, like a Kiss oh, yeah. 2.0, replacing every uh, member of the band? You know, there's no other band in history where something like that could truly be done. Because you're not the new gene simmons mm-hmm. you're the new demon right and These clearly you're, you're not the new ace fraley or tommy thayer you're the new spaceman i don't think it'll happen it would be magical you know i would watch it for sure oh, god would i watch I it i think it lends itself to a great reality show because i like if know, it was on at the same time as monday night freaking raw you would watch it over raw. i would watch the kiss show you damn right i would that's a big statement it, for me, it you is because I don't ever wrong. miss Monday Night Raw. But no, I NXS did it a few years ago to replace Michael Hutchins, and right. I, and even that was but, that was pretty riveting too. Right, but I mean that's NXS. But with Kiss, you and that's have replacing what, one guy. Yeah. this is this is the concept of replacing an entire entity. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's, a it's character way bigger than anything in that vein has ever been done before. It's one of those things where, like, I think it was about four or five years ago they were talking about doing right. this. Right, yeah. Even Doc and Gene, in particular, were mentioning it in interviews. And that was around the time that Gene became friendly with Mark Burnett, who was a uh, reality show veteran. He's yeah, also he's yeah. responsible for survival. Survivor. Right, Sorry, I've had a couple right. of years. Um, that guy's name came up in conversations years ago when I was doing the Crossfire Wrestling. He's a huge name. Yeah, yeah, huge name in, in that kind of stuff. But all that said, I don't think it, I don't know that it ever seriously was going to happen because, and I don't think it will happen because I have, a, and some other fans have floated this to me, and I kind of agree with it. I think that talk was more of a diversion to help ease people into the idea of Tommy and Eric. Right, I could see that because it's like you know we can all be replaced because yeah, that's if you what say they that, said. Yeah, it's easier to swallow if Paul and Gene are like, oh, I could be replaced. Sure. Okay, so, but hang on a second. Mm-hmm. Let's say you're AMC and you're looking for a hot new reality show to oh, air. Oh, it's a great right reality show for The Walking Dead. I would do it. Yeah. You know, you got to You're not just replacing a singer. You're replacing all four members. Sure. You know, and what's to say that Gene and Paul 
and the other guys can't get together in the studio, record songs, mm-hmm. and then give them to this band. No, I, I mean that's how I wanted the it monkeys. to go. It's the monkeys of the modern age Very with much a so. with a whole new awesome and, twist to and it. And with Paul and Gene writing the songs, you get the diehard seal of approval. Yeah. If you get guys that can recreate what they did. I think it would be great, and I would watch. And like, I'm because then think about it yeah. like this. And this is speaking to the Gene Simmons. I know you're listening. <laughs> yeah, this counts to double income because not only do you get to replay, get to release the new Kiss music with the new band of the songs that you wrote, you also get to release an album to us old farts mm-hmm. of the stuff you guys did in the studio. We don't care if they're demos. You look how many people bought Hot in the Shade. Mm-hmm. You know, if you guys are still going to create music, even if you say, okay, you know, we're getting too old to tour, mm-hmm. but we're still awesome musicians who have a lot of musical love to give. Right. You guys can release a new Kiss album every single year and we will buy it. All right. I don't care if you got to change your style because you can't sing quite the way you used to or whatever. But I'm telling you, if Kiss comes out with a new album tomorrow, are you buying it? Well, sure. Me too. What if they come out with another album in six months? Are you buying it? Mm-hmm. Me too. But it's but it, like in reality, though, do you see it happening? I don't think. Well, it's no. gonna, I don't think it's going to happen. But how can you pass up an idea of a TV show like that? Well, you know, but, there should be TV know. executives knocking on Gene and Paul's door every fucking day, begging them sure. to retire. Begging, please. Well, I think this was... is going to be the greatest rock and roll tie-in TV show mm-hmm. that there's ever been. Well, there's going to be more attention paid to the legacy of kiss Mm -hmm. as now it's transforming into something new there's tv executives out there that got to be just salivating at the idea of this tv show well the idea of it was it was making the rounds i think it was around 2010 right about a year after sonic boom came out that was when all the talk started and and doc i remember doc mcgee talking openly in interviews about it um that would have been the time to do it in my opinion and let me go ahead and make myself out to not be a fan because you want to uh, talk about paul's voice well <laughs> i don't care personally it, it offends me as a kiss fan well, I when mean, you talk shit about paul's voice it offends you it kind of does why i never say it because you know you're my best friend why does but it offend you it's maybe maybe it's like the deep down inside of me being a young kid where every other band in the world was cooler than kiss mm-hmm. when every other person in the world would be like kiss Fuck Kiss. You know, when somebody talks shit about Kiss, I don't like it. I was you, know, you I'm, Aaron. I'm one of those fans. <laughs> so I am, am I. One, I am one of those fans. I am one of those fans, too. I don't care what you say. I love Paul Stanley. I love him, too. I just think he should have hung it up a few years ago. <sighs> Come on, man. There's ways to do it. I mean, there's... You, you can't. You cannot listen to any live clip now and think, that sounds good. Well, I mean, you can't say it sounds bad. I mean, but we're... Oh, yes, I but, can. Right, because you're a Kiss fan, <laughs> and you're accustomed to awesomeness. You know, you're accustomed and to you awesomeness. You can dress it up however band. you want, dude. I, Give it, him a fucking break, man. I am. How old is Paul Stanley? I don't begrudge him continuing. How old is he? I don't Today. know. 68 or 9 or something. Oh, give him a fucking break. People are okay. still paying top dollar to see Paul Stanley sing these songs. I'm not. I'm not disputing. And that. rock his fucking guitar and listen. Be I, awesome, Aaron. I've said from day one. Anyone who goes and sees them, if you have a great time, enjoy. And you will. I have no you problem. You know anybody that goes to see Kiss tonight, if they're playing in Buffalo, New York, I'm or just wherever, giving you my you know? own opinion. I saw them in 2009. I took my son. We had a good time. Yeah, of it course. Was, it sounded good. 
but I haven't had any desire to go see him live since. I'm not telling people to not go see him. If you right. want to go see him, great. Have Do fun. It. Yes. I, I and especially if you've never seen Kiss live, it's worth seeing the spectacle at least once. Fucking a! If you've never seen Kiss live, it's a rite of passage. But I can't imagine anybody's listening to this that's never seen Kiss live. I don't think so. But I mean, but I don't like that. This is and we okay. And this was brought up by several people on okay. when I put out a call for action. So this is good because you're on one side and I'm on the other. Okay, on this. this is yeah, this okay. is good because normally we're like yeah, that's awesome. I agree. No, it is awesome, but. <laughs> Does it make me a hater to say that I wouldn't go see Kiss live now? Does that make me not a Kiss fan anymore because I don't personally support the lineup that's touring right now? Does that make me a hater? If I was the king of Kiss and I was the lay down judgment of If you're Joseph you, Kiss Sr. Yeah, if I, if I was <laughs> Joseph Kiss Sr. sitting up on my throne. Do I do I have to they, renounce they, my fandom bring, for this reason? You know, and I got to decide if you're, um, let me think. I don't think so. I think you're allowed to have an opinion. Well, you are allowed to have an opinion. Yeah, but there's a lot of fans that think you don't. They're like, if you don't support this current lineup, then you're not a fan. And I don't, I don't, I don't subscribe to that. I don't. But you just said if Kiss comes out with a new album, oh, in, buy in six month intervals, yeah, sure, you I'll buy will it. Buy it. So you do support Kiss. I do support Kiss. So it's not like I'm you, not going to go see them you live just though. Don't support that aspect. I don't support of Kiss. the cor- the touring version. No. But I'm all about seeing, hearing songs written and, and recorded. So, okay, so what could Kiss do? Look, you know, that's always the thing. Everybody that's got a bitch, mm-hmm. you know, has got to be asked the question, what's the solution? What can Kiss do at this point? To get me to go to a concert? To get you to go to a concert. Um, de-age Paul Stanley by about 10 years to give him and the voice it. he had then? Well, yeah, I mean, it's not... And I'm not I'm not trying to come from an elitist point of view. It's just like it, it breaks my heart to hear him sing the way he does now. See, my answer would have been lower your ticket prices, but Kiss no, can't really do that I don't because hear, they sell out giant venues. I don't want to go see Kiss live and hear Paul croak his way through a concert. It's the this dude was my fucking idol growing up, man. So, so that should give you even more respect and understanding and, and patience, maybe? I respect him. I understand him. I, I'm fine with. I don't. I'm not telling him to hang it up. I think, but I'm. In the it same, sounds like you are. Well, maybe I am. I don't know. I don't. I won't personally go. So, I, but at the same time, no, I am not going to tell him to hang it up because there are people that want to go see him live, and I think you owe it to yourself, especially if you've never seen them live, to see them live. Absolutely. So yeah, I don't. The greatest but I'm thing not you'll saying ever fucking see that, inside of an sure, arena. It's the greatest show on earth. But You're I'm damn not right. But you should not. But I'm not saying, but as a person who's seen them multiple times, okay. All right. I think for I, myself, I, I don't want to go see them live because it breaks my heart personally I get that. to see the his voice where it is right now. Okay. So this comes back to... I'm not to, slagging the guy at all. This comes back to a conversation kind of like what we had about Vince Neil off mic a while back. Yeah. Where it's it him. comes down to the legacy. At mm-hmm. what point... Are you hurting your legacy? You know, they talked about they talk about this with athletes all the time. You know, should Brett Favre have hung it up when well, he was done with Green Bay? Would that have protected his legacy? No, he ended up doing some good stuff afterwards. You know, with athletes, it's like that a lot. Musicians and athletes are a lot the same because in the big picture of it all, they're all entertainers. Here's the so thing. with a musician, take Peter Chris for example. We'll, he we'll he rec- recently hung up the drums. Right. You know, he understands, I just can't do it no more. You know, so yeah. you got to respect that too. Sure. So I do understand where you're coming from where you say, shouldn't Paul Stanley do the same? But, but 
isn't he letting a whole lot of people down? And I understand, you know, for, for somebody that's been a Kiss fan since we were very young, mm-hmm. and we were around to experience the... The dude at his peak. Yeah, when he could really right. freaking wail. I mean, we're talking about in the 80s, but here, he really cut loose. Here's where the rubber meets the road, dude. Because either you... Are you into Kiss because of the show, or are you into Kiss because of the music? The music. Okay, if you're into it because of the music, the then... Music. Listen to Paul Stanley circa 1989. Listen to Paul Stanley circa 2017. And I know that people are not as good as they were 20 plus years ago. But you're combining the two. Now, are you are you into Kiss because of the music or are you into Kiss because of the show? Both. Well, there you go. You know, you no, but you put it to me like you have to choose. No, no. Now it sounds to me like you're more into Kiss for the show. No, but I think both sides have well, something of to do. That's why I don't get go see them live. If I was only into them for the show, I'd be fine with going to see him live because I'm going to see shit get blown up and everything. What if they brought Ace Fraley back? Doesn't matter. It would still you no, still no. you still wouldn't buy a Paul ticket. Paul was my focal point from age twelve on. Like Paul from age twelve till nineteen ninety seven, ninety eight, or whatever. He was my that dude was he was my number one favorite member in the band. I could always tell that you were kind of a star I was child. Always Chris a Paul Zach. fan. Paul fan. Paul was Paul was. The, a fucking bulletproof voice. One of the greatest frontmen rock singers ever. No doubt. And to see, like, like just watch Unplugged. If you're not a fan of the show oh. and spectacle, watch what that dude does on the MTV Unplugged. If you listen to us despite your hatred of Kiss. <laughs> Nobody's listening to us for that. But, um, but no, but I mean, like, the dude... Watch Unplugged. The dude's voice was bulletproof. Oh, yeah. And from what I saw, because I got into him in 87 when he was really hitting the high, high, high points yeah. of his vocals. He was pushing it back then. So to go from that to seeing where he is now, and yes, I know no one's as good so many years later, the dude's voice is blown Completely blown. We talking Joe Elliott blown? Oh, worse. No. I'll take Joe Elliott over Paul Stanley. Are you kidding me? Have you listened lately, dude? I guess apparently not because I thought Joe Elliott was worse than anybody. They're right there on the same level, which is why I found it kind of funnily ironic that they toured together Hmm. and and also Motley Crue the next year. But um, but, uh, that makes a whole shitload of sense. Yeah, it does. (laughs) It's the blown voices tour, or uh, or what was it the the one that we joked about the Burning Cats and Amputees tour Uh. um, with uh, Eric Singer and Rick. But anyway, um, but no, I I can't personally endorse seeing Kiss live now as a as a longtime fan. At the same time, if somebody's got a kid and their kid's never seen Kiss, it you still get the spectacle. You still get most of the big hits. So you don't feel like if you have a child, whatever you do, do not let them see Kiss now. No, 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 no. Let no. them watch videos no, no. from back in the day, but I do think, not let them see it I now because can, if you see it now, well, it'll never be the same. Well, I don't know, man. I mean, a big part of the quite that dramatic. a big part of the draw was Paul's voice back in well, the day. Well, of course, and it's not there anymore. So, I saw him in t- 2009, and he still could pull it off in concert. Uh-huh. But I bought the USB wristband, and we popped it in the computer when we got home, and I was like, "Oh wow, there's yeah. uh, there's there's trouble in paradise." Mm. And I knew from that point, I knew when I left the arena, I could tell, I could hear, it, especially on Str- Strutter stuck out. I was like, he's really struggling on Strutter. And I was like, this is the last Kiss concert I'm going to see live. Just because I want to remember him as passable, at least. All right, I got a question for you. Uh You know, so when bands get older, 
you know, especially singers, because the guitar players can do still do it. It's the singers and the drummers that are really affected by age more than anybody, I think. Unless you end up with it's some the most endurance crazy needed. carpal tunnel yeah, shit. Yes, the or hardest. Something. It's the hardest physically to pull off. Right. Sure. So you know, we've seen over the years a lot of these bands, a lot of these artists. You know, I see it with live with when this time I seen Mike Tramp, mm-hmm. <clears throat> where the songs are changed a little bit to more suit the singer yeah so do you think it's paul stanley maybe saying no the songs are golden no dude they they cannot be changed oh they're already changed they've tuned down like a step and a half now and it's still not you can barely even recognize what the songs are until you get to the first verse damn I'm not being a hater. It sounds like, you know, but to me it feels like, and maybe it's just my kiss instincts kicking in, man. My, my, the hair on the back of my neck stands out when you talk shit about Paul Stanley or anybody else. I'm telling you my opinion. I don't like it. They're tuned down like a step and a half, man. You You don't hear that? You need to calm down, Chris. I am not a hater. I love, I will love Kiss till the the day I'm died, till they put me six feet under in a Kiss casket. I will be a fan. Better start the Kickstarter for that now. Yeah, I know, because my wife's sure ain't going to Because somebody's going to kill you after seeing these things. <laughs> no, no, but I mean, it's, it's, I don't know. I think, and like, I'm all about positivity and still, and the fact that we even still have a kid. It's like, it's, I'm kind of of two minds, because part of me is so like, the reality part of me says one thing, but at the same time, it's like, well, maybe I should just be appreciative that we have a kid. Right, exactly. So I'm kind of conflicted. I'm allowed to be conflicted. Everybody so, wants everybody to choose a side. Well, I'm of both sides. So should Kiss just break up? Is I'm that not, what you're suggesting here? Is it up to me? I'm asking you. If, <laughs> if, if it was... Is Paul Stanley going to listen to listen, what I have listen. to say? We ask people all the time if the almighty power came down. If it was up to me, if what, it, what if Kiss would do? If you were in charge of Kiss, would you have them break up immediately? What would you have all four of them do? I know what I'd have Gene Simmons do. Just what he's doing right now. Except making new albums with his awesome new band. That's what I want. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, no, um, if I could call the shots, what would they do next? Hmm. I would rather see a Kiss 2.0 than what's out there now. As far as really, as far as Paul singing, sure. Yeah. Boy, you know what? And here's something else to consider. Yeah, I, about I think this. he's hurting his legacy personally. How cool would it be if the Kiss 2.0 TV show changed the whole? perception and direction of the music business how what if i mean because come on kiss is a very very recognizable brand Mm -hmm. name music faces they're very recognizable even people that don't love kiss Mm -hmm. know who they are you put a pretty awesome concept together on a tv show it's never been done before how can you replace all four members of a band it's never been done before. They'd be the band to do it. Now you got to go out and find young yeah. people. <clears throat> you got to find young people mm-hmm. that can play guitars. America's sing. Next Top Demon. Yeah, yeah, something along those lines. <laughs> but you got to find kids that can rock. Yeah. So basically, what you're doing is you're going out and finding the coolest young people mm-hmm. in the entire world. I think it'd be fun to compete in this. So now, what do kids see when they're seeing this? Mm-hmm. The coolest young people on earth on this TV show. And they say, hey, wait a minute. There's something to this playing guitar. There's something to this playing drums. There's something to playing bass. Oh, you're saying There's it something reinvigorate to reinvigorate the interest in playing actual instruments? Rock and roll, yes. I'd be, I'd be all for it. 
That's what I'd do if I was in charge. I think it, you break up right fucking now. Yeah. As soon as Gene Simmons is done making his new album with Phil, Jeremy, and mm-hmm. Ryan, mm-hmm. then you guys get back together. You put together this TV show. Eric Singer, man, he can go do whatever he wants to do because anything he's involved with is going to be better. He'll have a gig in five minutes. Because he's involved yeah, in it. he's a hired gun. Oh, man, so awesome. If I, oh, man, Eric Singer's the man. Tommy Thayer. You know, he could go I and would, do something. Listen to me. You know what I'd like to see? Tommy Thayer's solo album with him singing all the songs. I wouldn't mind yeah, that. Yeah, but I, I would buy that. I would have Eric Singer and Tommy Thayer as part of the judging panel. Oh, totally. For the fact that they're both actual Kiss fans. Oh, absolutely. Yes, yeah. Tommy Thayer should choose the guitar yeah. player. And Eric Singer should choose the drummer. Gene Simmons should choose the bass player. That's a good idea. And Paul Stanley should choose each person the star re- child. Choose their replacement. Exactly. I think it would be so awesome. So there you get in the TV show. I'd now rather you get, see that than you hear get Kiss the, go out and play you, the you, same shit again. Right. You get the interactions of the band members sure. talking about their crew of of guys because they each got a crew of drummers. They each got a crew. They're mm-hmm. looking for personality. They're looking for somebody that can play that role they of a rock star. They can coach them and everything. You know, just like American them. Idol. Exactly. Yep. Or one of them shows. No. Special appearance by Ace Frehley. What, Come to laugh? Ace Frehley shows up one day, <laughs> checks out the guitar players, tells a few terrible jokes. Yeah, terrible. And it's great TV. Peter Chris shows up, complains. Complains none of, the entire time. None of them are any good. I hate them all. I hate them all. I hate them all. Yeah. They all suck. It's, uh, it's, I would watch it in oh, a heartbeat, God. man. I would rather I wa- somebody. I hope there's a TV producer out there right now that's willing to hire me and Chris to make this <laughs> we'll happen. Be, we'll be the story editors. Oh uh, man, that would be cool. But no, I mean, it, you're right. I would rather watch that than what they're what they're trotting out there live every night right now. To be honest with you, I would rather watch well, that too because I'm not going to see Kiss every week. But I would sure watch that TV show but every week. If they, and you know what? If if those guys each pick their own replacement, sure. I would support the new band, too. You damn right I would. But it, but back to the question. If they come to Nashville next week, you're going? Depends on ticket prices. If I'm working, it's not something I'm going to have to call out work for. It's not something I'm going to have to tell the family I can't do this. or. But all things that align up. You have the money. You have the time off. You're going. Sure. Yeah, sure, why not? I wouldn't. It's fucking Kiss, man. I love Kiss, and I want to support them in any way I can. If my kid wants to go, I'll go. Well, if I got to coax my kid into going so that I got an excuse, I will do that. All right, so let's get back back to listener questions. But we we cleared up a lot right there. You know, Ace, it's been a long time since seeing Kiss. They're coming to town. That's true. Tell your mom you want to go. (laughs) If Chris Chris asks, it's your idea we're going to the show. (laughs) I ain't going to judge you. All right, so from uh, listener Robert Sedler, if you were rebooting Kiss meets the Phantom of the Park, who would you cast as the Phantom of the Park? Hmm. I already have my answer ready for so this one. So reboot. So are actors playing the characters of Kiss? Yeah. Are these new young people? This is a total reboot. Yeah. Who would be the? Like, uh, you don't would... drag out old Ace Frehley to try to. Ah, yeah. Curly. Who would you? Who, who would you cast as the as Abner Devereaux? Gene fucking Simmons. Gene Simmons. Of course. Why? Because he's he's the villain. He's always well, except for in Trick or Treat, but he's always been the villain. But he's at Gene Simmons would be great at that because you. So who's going to play Gene gonna, Simmons in the it's, movie? It's it's like, well, that's that's different. You know, that's a whole different thing. Because I'm that's what I'm saying. Is it new people or is it new actors playing Kiss? And then you do the old Stan Lee where the where he's got to make the appearance in the Marvel movie kind of thing. Hmm, I don't know. Like I, should, I read you what the question was, but I mean, 
Mike, well, I tore it apart. You, you I'm kinda, sorry. Well, you kind of stole my thunder because my my, my uh, okay, what's yours? My pick would be Paul Stanley. Okay, so, so we're on the same because wavelength. he he created Kiss to destroy Kiss, and he's well on his way to doing it. All right. Oh, so um, that's yeah. Sorry, I'm not a big fan of Paul these days, and I appeared on uh, Talk to Me show uh, a couple of weeks ago. And well, Paul Stanley does not listen to Talk to Me. He listens to Despicable. <laughs> no, he does not listen to Despicable. Oh yes, he does. Um. But no, he, uh, I'm not, yeah, I'm not, Paul's not my good graces. Not that he gives a shit. All right. Is this based off the whole voice thing? Is that why he's not your good graces? Oh, no. That's just tip of the iceberg. Oh, really? It, his bitterness and shit talk towards everyone but himself in the last five years is a big part of that. But he wasn't doing none of that when he appeared and did the fucking awesome cover of the old Bad Company tune with Ace Fraley on that his album. Cool. That was awesome. He wasn't being shit bag or nothing. No, then. I like that. So what? Leave him alone, dude. He's just Give him very, a fucking break. He's very unlikable these days. I like Paul Stanley. Okay. Well, then you can you can be on that camp. And since I know you listen to the show, if you ever want to come on Decibel Geek Podcast, I will lie to Chris and make sure he's not here that night. Ooh. And you and I will talk Kiss. Oh. I'm way cooler than Chris Jericho. I'll come still, on. I'll still take the download. So if you end up getting the interview, congrats. <laughs> Even if he doesn't want me here, I'll take the numbers. Um, that would okay. be awesome if we had some guests. I'd be like, I'm glad to come on the show as long as Aaron's not there or that night. As long as Chris isn't there. <laughs> hey, if you want to come on, it helps Decibel Geek oh, as a whole. That would be like my greatest dream and nightmare all in one. Like oh. Vinny Vincent finally agrees to come on the show, but he doesn't want to talk to me. No, I don't he, see it going that way. If but. Vinny Vincent comes on the show, he's going to talk to you and not me. Believe me. But you're a bigger fan than I am. I'm just a nicer guy than oh, you. No. Apparently, I'm a quote unquote troublemaker. Oh well. Yeah. All right. So from that'll t- get your tires slashed. From uh, all right, let's move on. Uh, as Paul Stanley would say, from Tim Selby. Did you guys ever join the KISS Army? What were the benefits of being in the Army? I never did because I didn't have the money, but I still have the form from the Destroyer album. Did you join the KISS Army? I can tell you when I was a kid, and it was my greatest dream when I got these albums from my Uncle Bruce (laughs) to join the KISS Army. Me too. And I would pull out the inside flyers that were in them and look Mm. at the belt buckles and all this awesome stuff. stuff, and I would bring it to my parents and be like, please... Can I join the Kiss Army? Can I get this Ace Frehley belt buckle and that T-shirt? And please, I'll do it. And they're like, this flyer is from like five years ago. Yeah. So that was my experience with the Kiss Army. By the time I was old enough to actually do something like that for myself, I don't know if there is there actually still such a thing. I mean, aren't you? Aren't we all members of the Kiss Army just by standing up and saying? I think so. We disagree with Chris Sinzak. Kiss oh. rules. Why do I have to come off like the hater? Well, I'm just saying, you put, your, you put yourself right there. If being realistic makes me a hater, then I'm a hater. Well, we wouldn't be doing this if you didn't love Kiss. Oh, no shit. And you wouldn't say the things that... I line up interviews with the wardrobe designer. Give me, a, you give me some credit. You wouldn't say the hateful things you say about Paul Stanley hateful. if you didn't care. I so do care. We'll we'll take it as that. It's not hateful. Come on, man. That dude was my idol growing up. I know. All right. I mean, the dude, the Paul Stanley workout was my. I looked to that. That's the only workout I ever did. I never joined a gym for dirty minds and clean bodies. Watch no Richard Simmons. I only only did the Paul Stanley workout. But no, um, as far as the Kiss Army goes, uh, similar to Aaron, I uh, I sent off to be a member of the Kiss Army, and I got a respond from a guy named Return to Sender. Mm. 
I don't think the Kiss Army was a thing in 1988, but I tried. No. Yeah. I did try. That's, that's I think it was dissolved by the time I tried because I sent off a check and everything. So, yeah, because I guess when because <laughs> I did get the LPs still when Hot in the Shade came out, sure. I had it on LP. When Crazy Nights came out, I held, had it on LP. I don't think they had any kind I of stuff. I don't think it like was really inside. an entity by the 80s. So, I don't, I think it Which just that's died. a shame. They yeah. should have tried to keep that up. I guess I, I mean, I got into Kissing during Crazy Nights, so it was kind of a low point for the band, really. But, to me, it was a high point. I viewed Kiss as massive rock stars. Yeah. And their videos made it look like they were. Well, I'm a member of the uh, Facebook group Kiss Army Wisconsin, so that's got to count for something, right? That's yeah, that's legal, right? Oh, so speaking of the Crazy Nights era, this is from Jimmy Clifford. The Crazy Nights era was massive over here in the UK and in Ireland where I lived at that time. Mm-hmm. Kiss were getting play on TV, radio, and and were often cover stars of Kerrang! and Magazine and etc. Was it really that bad in the USA? Did no one really care or barely remember Kiss in the USA at that time? At that time, well, I was a brand new fan, so to me they were huge, right? But in hindsight, I look at it, I'm like, oh, they were pretty much ignored. See, in Bon Jovi was the, the the flavor of the week at the time. I was such a weird, weird kid. You know, looking back on those times, because I was a KISS fan, Mm -hmm. there's no explanation in the world of why this kid, this age, should be such a huge KISS fan. Like, he is out of time. Like, he's misplaced. That's what all my friends said. It was me, you know. I'll never forget, you know, walking into school, wearing a KISS t-shirt, feeling so cool in the junior high. Until somebody points it out. Seventh, eighth, ninth grade, somewhere in there. And somebody come around and be like, KISS? Yeah. Fuck KISS. GNR man, yeah, you know, same thing with Metallica. I got it too. Metallica was the other one. Yeah. You know, it's like it's the same. You know, it's like because because you love Kiss, that means that you're somebody to fight against. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like oh yeah, well, everybody else likes Metallica, right? I'm like well, I like Metallica too. You know, but fucking Kiss with is me awesome. Was, you know, with me it was Motley Crue, like because Doctor Feel yeah. Doctor Feelgood was out and on and Motley Crue was the biggest rock band in the world it seemed to me like and motley then, crew and kiss fans were okay though but you would think so it was gnr and metallica no. were the ones that really stood out to with me. me it was motley crew at my school because like yeah. and i loved motley crew i, I used to buy right. all the metal edge stuff and dr feelgood it's funny it's one of those things where i kind of look back and i'm like man I, like dr feelgood did not age as well as i thought it would have some of the songs not like, all of them uh, at this point, I'll almost take "Girls, Girls, Girls" over "Doctor Feelgood," wow. but because um, there's just a lot of slick commercial stuff going yeah. on there. Well, it's Bob Rock, man. It's very much. But um, but at the time, I remember fa- friends of mine that were into Motley Crue, which I was too. But they would see. You remember you had those notebooks that had like the clear plastic outside thing you could put a magazine oh, yeah, page totally. in, like Trapper Keepers. And I had a. Um, I'll never forget this. I had a picture of Kiss from the Dynasty era with the whole superhero costume. Yeah. It was a cool post photograph. And Gene had like the uh, prototype axe base in the picture. Yeah. Was I'll it never Peter Chris or Paul Stanley? Or, Peter uh, Chris. Eric. Peter Chris. Okay. And um, it was a great photo. But I had that on the front end of my uh, Trapper Keeper. Yeah. And I'll never forget uh, one of my friends. This guy I actually considered a friend. Somebody, another person looked at it and goes, oh, who the fuck is that? And uh, my friend said, oh, that's Kiss. That's what Chris is into or whatever the fuck turns him on. <laughs> and I was like. And these were Motley Crue fans? Yeah, and this guy was really into Motley Crue. And I was like, 
And I told him, I was like, if it wasn't for Kiss, there wouldn't be a fucking Molly Crue, dick. Yeah. He's like, yeah, but Molly Crue never looked like that. And I'm like, you need to go back and look at the fucking old magazine. Well, you should have said nobody looked like that. You know why? Because nobody's Kiss. Yeah. But I'll never forget getting ridiculed for that picture from the Dynasty era. Yeah. But I stayed a Kiss fan. Oh, man, you brought up a great memory for me. You know what my best Trapper Keeper was? What? The famous picture from the Hit Parader with Ace Fraley with the sunglasses on and his hair all spiked up funny and his hand over his oh, mouth from, yeah. with, with the stupid Washburn guitar. That was pre-Fraley's Comet. Yeah. That was like that 85, was, 86. That was my Trapper Keeper. Yep. Hell to the yeah. Yep, that was one of the earliest unmasked photos, of him, even though it wasn't really unmasked, but yeah. I hope I'm guessing most of you listening to this probably remember Trapper Keepers. I would think so. <laughs> um, if not, look it up because you you missed out on something. You were too young. You got to bring back Trapper Keepers. Uh, Trevor McDougall asked, simply put, "Why kiss? What drew you in?" I think we've been pretty clear about that over the years about your Uncle Bruce and their then fucking awesomeness. Me and, and my and brother see, with the live album. Two things. Two things this got is me lightning into kiss. We got to be fast. Okay. Two things got me into kiss: <laughs> hearing it and seeing it. Yeah. That's it. That pretty much. Boom. Um, Kiss's greatest opening acts. Well, I mean, that's obvious. Ah, Judas Priest. Judas Priest. You got to give it to Priest because they did the most with it. Iron Maiden. Great White. Great White. Yeah. Yeah. Great White was great on the Revenge Tour. Yeah, they were. Um, Faster Pussycat. Yeah, I saw Slaughter on the Slaughter? on the Shade Tour. Yeah, that great. you got to give it to Slaughter because they I, were they were bringing a lot of fans to those shows. I personally love Danger Danger, but I don't know that it parlayed any success for them. Um, It'd be easier to ask us the worst. The worst. Trickster. Trickster. <laughs> Somewhere in the world, Econoline uh, Crush is going, whew. Caroline Spine. Or that's it. Caroline, one of the two of them. Uh, and also, Econoline uh, well, Crush was a pretty good Canadian band. Yeah, they were all right. Caroline they Spine were pretty was bad. Good. I saw System of a Down. No, that was for Limp Biscuit. System of a Down opened for Limp Biscuit. I was going to say, System of a Down opened uh, for Kiss. Power Man insane. 5000 opened for Kiss here. Really? In, uh, on the Psycho Circus tour. That's cool, man. I always like Power or Man Or maybe 5, that was a, no, that was a reunion tour. They're 97. Mega, mega Kung Fu I Radio. I liked them. Yeah, Mega Kung Fu Radio was their release at the time. Yeah. And and uh, me and three, me and two girls from high school liked them. Nice. And everybody else was there. Everyone kids. else sat down and looked at, and just looked at the program or whatever. Didn't like them. They just looked at the program or looked at their little thing about Kiss. They I read, was. A, I would rather read about Kiss yeah. than watch another band. But I love that's pa- a fan. I, I, I really enjoyed Power Man Five Thousand. I was into the new metal movement though. So, all right. So those guys uh, were good. I liked them too. Let's see. Uh, Nick Bowler says not so much a question as a topic. What's our views on the Kiss books, including autobiographies and Kiss and comics from their first appearance in Howard the Duck through the Super mm. Marvel specials and McFarlane and Dark Horse? I can't tell you much about the comic book stuff because I never got much into it. I liked them. I like them all. What, well, what are your thoughts on the comic books? I remember being a young kid and that Howard the Duck being like the Holy Grail. Yeah, of it was a worth a lot of money. You know, but you'd never see it anywhere, never Great find Escape it. Escape here had it. Yeah. For like 150 bucks, but I never wanted to buy it. The only kind of store I had in my little town in Wisconsin was like a card store, like baseball cards and stuff, but mm-hmm. they had a section that was just boxes of comic books, so you just thumb through them and give them a dollar a piece or something. I kind of feel bad I never got into the comic part of the yeah. Kiss thing because they're a natural for it. Oh, yeah, totally. I got characters, I, you know, loan themselves. I bought them. Um, a handful of the Psycho Circus ones. They're pretty cool. Cause, I uh, love the artwork. Yeah, they had a guy named Angel Medina doing the artwork, and I met him at a convention. Yeah? 
don't know if it was a kiss. Yeah, I think it was a kiss convention, and he signed like a little lithograph I bought. But I, I think I gave that to my brother because he was right in comic book art. Your but not cool dude. I never, uh, I never got into the comic side of stuff. I don't even have the Marvel ones or anything. Do you have any of those? No, I don't. I don't have none of the old Marvel ones. Like I said, when I was a kid, those things were unfindable. You know, yeah. this was back in the era where I thought having the music from the elder on LP was going to put me through college. You know, we, these were just mythical things in my small town and, and mostly probably in my own mind where, because you don't see it here in front of you, right? it's unobtainable, you know? Well, and and that was kind of like those things. But the, when the new comics came out, they're really cool. I really liked them. I like what I've seen. Of them. But I never like bought every yeah, issue. I never and, bought and with in. comic books, it's like a TV show or something. Right. You know, you have to keep up with every episode, just like you got to keep up with every book. I did that once for a, a Batman series. Yeah, where and, and I don't even remember how old I was, maybe nineteen. Right. And for some reason, this Batman story, I got hooked into it, and then every day every week when or whenever when the new comic came out we were at the comic book store <laughs> just like we were for new albums you know that's cool and eventually the story ran its course and it was still one of the greatest things i ever read huh. it was called nightfall it was okay. badass it was super cool now, but never really followed the kiss ones like that well, what about for the autobiographies what's your favorite of the books of the four guys <sighs> i don't know it's hard to say with that stuff because they're each telling their own story I like them all. Mine's a tie between Peter and Paul's. Yeah, because Ace don't remember shit. Ace's is mostly written by other people. Yeah. And then Gene's is pretty much a commercial for everything he's done. Yeah. And Gene's, yeah, he's got some Gene's, good stuff in there. Gene's had some but, good stuff. But then you got the other two guys, and I guess what makes it the best is that they're the ones that got the most to bitch about. Yeah, Gene and Paul talk the most trash. Um, I think Paul's comes off maybe the most honest. Um, but then again, you know... If Peter didn't whine quite as much, he would come off a little bit more believable. Yeah. But both of those two are those are if you're gonna buy two, those are the two to buy in my opinion. But if you're gonna buy two, you might as well buy all four. Well yeah, I would buy all Make four. Make a count. Get, Although, get the full story, but then you don't you still don't get the full story. The truth is still not the best kiss book in my well, Lydia Chris's is up there, at least for photos. And there's some oh, good yeah, story totally stuff. For photos, there. She's got it. But Chris Lentz, Chris Lentz book, Kiss is and Sell. One. Yeah, that's the best. Kiss that's book the best ever. Kiss book ever written, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't think it'll ever be topped because it was a guy that was on the inside and didn't really have any reason to lie. So, right. I pretty much buy into most of what he says. Yeah, if you're talking about books that were written by people that were in on the inside at those times, then most definitely. I mean, if you're talking about just great kiss books, you got to look to Julian Gill. But yeah, Julian writes great stuff too. His more is more of a historical docu- right. document of stuff. But because I'd have to put some of his stuff right up, I there. would too. But Chris Lentz's uh, recollections of being yeah. on the inside, you but can't but top still, it. that's the thing about that book. He's on the inside. But he's still on the outside. Yeah, he's enough, on the business side. Just enough to be able to, you know, transcribe yeah, he, he, what is happening without being sucked yeah. in too much himself. He had no skin in the game, so he didn't need to write it to favor one one particular member of the other. Right, yes. But, yes. Um, and that's what you get with the Kiss books. It's Each book is going to tell you that I'm the most important, sure, I'm the coolest, because it's from their I'm perspective the best, and you can't you know? blame them. You know, and that's human nature. It could have been a lot better if it wasn't for those other sure. three. And that's what that's the and story are, of the whole, all those books. And that's honesty from their sure, perspective, you know. But Chris Lent was an outsider, so you have more of a view of all four of them that way. Yeah. But one thing about his book that really kind of summed it up to where I knew the guy was not bullshitting was he exposed something that was probably greatly embarrassing to him in the book that uh, 
he certainly could have left out of the book. And I was like, when he put that in there, I kind of was, I was sold. It was a story about during the dynasty tour, Carl Glickman, who was a big business manager for the band lived in the Cleveland area, like an area called Shaker Heights, which was like a rich guy's area. Okay. And Carl was a big businessman. Kiss was just part of his portfolio. And uh, Glickman to Mark's management. That was Kiss's management. Right. So um, Carl Glickman invited all the members of the band to come to his house for like this big to-do dinner. And uh, part of the book is Chris describing all the guys in the band dressing up a little bit and looking at the fine art and stuff that's in Carl's house. And and at one point in the night, of course, Ace has way too much to drink. <laughs> and Ace is completely hammered. He's falling off of a chair. And he points at Chris Lent, the author of the book, and then looks over at Carl Glickman and goes, Carl, you're his idol. He wants he wants badly to be you. Oh yeah. And Chris Lent discusses in the book about being completely mortified by, oh, yeah. by what Ace was because it was a slam on Chris, right? And he left that in the book. And my respect for the guy shot up a million percent because it's right. like he easily could have left this out of the book because it sure. makes him look bad. That lends a lot of credibility to everything else. Tons in the book of credibility. Too. And uh, did I ever tell you about my? exchanges with him through email after i read the book mm, maybe a little bit once you, you when know. i was um this is way before the podcast but i was writing and running a website called nashvillerock.net and i was getting into concert promotion at the time and i now you just promote the rock and pod expo august 26th that's true. nashville tennessee but i was i was in getting into booking concerts at the time and um but i was desperate for advice and i was reading kiss and sell for probably the sixth time by that point yeah and i was working a day job and i was like you know this guy handled this like the settlements for for concerts constantly he was the kiss's business manager on the road so if anyone's a good person to ask about booking shows it's this guy sure and i've developed a relationship with chris lent through email um basically asking for advice on certain decision making and uh I only did a handful of concerts. I was terrible at it, and uh, I failed miserably. Not due to his advice or anything. Right. It's but just it, a hard business. It was local local bands and stuff, and it didn't work out. You but were trying to promote rock and roll back in country music times pretty here much, in Nashville. Yeah, Those like days two, are gone. 2004 through eight, basically. Yeah. And um, But he was nice enough to get back to me every time I emailed him. Nice. And I would bug him about kiss questions. Yeah. Mostly, have you talked to Vinnie Vincent? Like <laughs> I'm not lying. I was asking him those questions even oh, back then. Oh, man. That's awesome. But uh, but he always responded, and he always gave me detailed answers on what he would do. Yeah. And um, very nice guy. And that book is kind of my Bible. If you are if you have any interest in getting in the music business and you want to know what the real side of it's like, I suggest you read that book. Yeah, most Kiss definitely. and Sell by Chris Lent. Very And if you're uh, a Kiss important. fan oh, it's, who it's hasn't read that book, you should read it. You know, we do have a link <laughs> on our website. You know our website, decibelgeek.com. There's a Amazon. link there. You just click on it. It takes you to Amazon. You order Chris Lent's book, Kiss yeah. and Sell. It's If you're a big Kiss fan, it's the greatest thing you'll ever read. Yeah, if you're Trust a Kiss us. fan and you order that book and you don't like it, I personally will give you a refund on it. 
Because you can't. I mean, I believe that much in it. And then I will point at you and say, <laughs> you're not a true Kiss fan. Oh, I thought you were going to say you were going to point at me and no, say, not Chris, you. you need to pay that guy back. No, the person. Oh, okay. Because there's no way you can be it's a Kiss fan. It's the best fan. Kid book ever, Kiss book ever written. It's a great book just about rock and roll, just about the times, just, you know, and the way Chris Lent put it together is amazing. And his perspective is awesome. Uh, let's go through some more. We um, would love to have Chris Lent on the show, but man, he spilled it all in that book. Yeah, he kind of did. There's nothing else to tell. Like, could you just read us expert excerpts from your book? I'm looking through all the. We got a lot of questions, so we're not going to hit everything today. Okay, because we're rocking along, man. We're killing a lot of time. Yeah. Hmm. Well, we can. I mean, there's no limits. We're not radio. We're not audio book or whatever. We can go as long as we want. I'm until saying. my until my wife comes out here and says that's oh. fucking enough. Well, it's gonna be like really no music <laughs> in this, so it's gonna be all audio. Um, right. We're over an hour. How would we rank all... This is from John Clark the Fourth. Spoiler alert. John Clark the Third responded last week, so you better hold it up, Mr. Four. Um, okay. How would you guys rank all the official live album releases? Unplugged seems to be forgotten. That mm. one is easily in my top two. What would you rank as... Well, I, Alive has to get number one. I don't see how it ever gets yeah. unseated. But... It's kind of it's iconic. I really love Alive Two. Do you? I think Alive, Alive Two is Alive overrated. Two is the one that I that was that was my live album. That was the one that did it for me. I think if you take the studio tracks off, add some extra songs from the live set, mm-hmm. and make it complete, it would rival Alive. But Alive has got this mysticism to it because it was the album that broke the band. You but know? it's it a was, perfect album. They're, their biggest album yeah but there's nothing wrong with i mean it's album. a perfect live album mm-hmm. they I mean they went well, back in the studio it's a perfect sure live it in perfect. the studio album. yeah but uh, it's i mean you got to put unplugged right up there but then look at kiss live three kiss live three is so underrated i can piss off some people right now you think kiss live three is the best kiss live album no no not the oh, best okay. a live one will never get unseated as number one in my i don't think it's possible because I think it's it's too valuable as a okay. piece of history. I can agree with that. Piece of history. I agree. Number one, Kiss Alive. For, li- for second, it's a toss-up between Alive 3 and Unplugged. I'd probably put Unplugged second. Because mm. it's a great document of the entire band's history. Yeah. And you've got the reunion on it, which also has drawing power. But also Shit, you've got yeah. Eric and Bruce that are kicking ass on their part of the show. Yeah. And you get a lot of deep tracks. So I yeah. I would put I would put Unplugged second. Okay. But I would put on I would put Alive 3 third ahead of Alive 2. Yeah. But that cuz I think it boils I down to I think Alive 2 is overrated. Because Alive 2 got cut short to put the studio tracks on there. But the studio tracks The studio tracks, tracks are, are awesome. the best part of that album. Right? In in <laughs> some respects, yes. In all respects. But I mean, they could have added extra songs. Okay, let's say they took those songs and because back then there really wasn't such thing as an EP. No. But what if Kiss would have released that separately because they were Kiss that and been they cool. were they were the first ones to ever do or everything. make it part of Love Gun or make it part of Love Gun or whatever. All right. You know, separately, more tracks on Live Two. I mean, come on, man! Live Two's got so many great songs on there. No, I like it. It's got it. that freaking Shock Me should mm-hmm. be enough to almost put it over a Live One. I mean, oh, no, I wouldn't say that. Come on, that solo—that's you being an Ace fan coming out. But that's what made me a Kiss fan 
was <laughs> Kiss Alive 2 well, that's a big guitar solo. There's fans that Alive 2 is they're alive. Yeah. More so than Alive 1. Right. It just depends on but what Alive you're one is, it, Alive 1's mine. Cause I got big I, picture. Well, I got in through Crazy Nights, and then my right. brother gave me Alive. Okay. So that Alive makes sense. was Alive was my real door into the band. Yeah. Cold Gin on Alive in particular. I guess if I was going to rank them on un, no personal feelings involved, just on coolness and awesomeness alone, like you say, you got to do Alive number one. Mm-hmm. You have to. Man, I'm going to I'm going to agree with you here Unplug too. second? Unplug second. Cuz it's a Kiss great Alive it's three, a whole third. history. Kiss Alive 2. Wait, next. did you put did you say we put Alive 3 third? After, yeah. No kidding. Yeah, because... That surprises me. I mean, I guess now that I think about it, you're kind of right. That Ace Frehley guitar solo really does carry No, that, I would put a live three-third, but I did not expect you to say that. Because it's got Shock Me and it's got Rocket Ride on the same on the same. Well, album. yeah, but those. But we're talking about live, so that, that eliminates You're the eliminating studio. Yeah, the studio. You, you got it. But how do you eliminate the studio side you of live, to, too? Because we're can't. talking about live. Okay. We're talking about live albums. All right. So you have well, to. Well, then it really goes down a notch, right. in my opinion. Yeah, and that's why. Yeah, because it's the cut studio short. side saves now, it. If they opinion. were, if they were to remove that and add more to it, because yeah. there was more songs they could have put in there that took those place, or do those songs live as part of the concert? Are you sure? Whatever, you know, they faked "Hard Luck Woman" on it, so I mean, yeah, there wasn't much they had. They had most God. of the most of a live. I guess that now one. that you really put it down there, it's like the moment. <laughs> and tomorrow and tonight, there's moments on "Kiss Alive" too that are so fucking good that it carries the rest of the shit. And the studio. I don't tracks. think Alive Two is that good, personally. I think is it, it's overrated. Is it just shock me? Is shock me the only good thing about the live part on that? No, I mean I think Ladies Room's cool. Ladies Room I is I think King awesome. of the Nighttime World's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I think Detroit Rock City sounds like shit on it, but yeah, um, kind of does. But uh, Beth's on it. I mean, <sighs> I don't, I'm not a fan of Beth, but for what it is, I guess it's important to have it on there. I guess it's the coolest. I think it's a. I, it's funny thing because they talked about Alive being a souvenir. But Alive is an iconic piece of music, in my opinion. Right. Alive 2 is a souvenir. Because it's got tattoos and a booklet. and Yeah. I think Alive 2 is more of a souvenir. I mean, but this is going to piss some people off. Because some of you they, listening right here's now what I would rather them do, forget, got into forget. the band through Alive 2. And you're yeah. going to hate me for saying this. But I, don't, I think Alive 2 is overrated. I guess we've kind of broken it down. But see, You've opened my eyes a little bit. It well, is kind of overrated. But let me go ahead and full disclosure. What it, here's what they should have really done. Hmm. Fuck Alive 2. Take the studio tracks, write four or five more songs oh, to go along with them. What is that? Take four is or five the, songs the, off the solo album. Is that the Fancy Fair album? Is that what that is? Oh, that's, uh, oh if you're in a bootlegs, yeah. Yeah. But, um, but here's where I totally lose all credibility. I was... 16, 17 when Alive 3 came out. Yeah. So I have a soft spot for Alive 3. Oh, totally. I was there on the day when the freaking gates opened on the music store and yeah. I went in and bought just that. I always loved that. Because you'd, you'd not, nine times out of ten when you do that, you're the only one running in well, the kiss section, but you still do it. Why? Because you gotta fucking represent. To feel like a, a halfway stud, my girlfriend at the time bought it for me on release day. Bitch, you walk in that fucking store and you buy me that Kiss Alive 3. She, well, and when you get to the counter and you pay for it, I want you to tell that cashier who you're buying it for. It's like you, Kiss Alive 3. It's like you were there when I said it to her. That's awesome. I, really. I could just, that's what I, I'm just saying what I would have said. <laughs> it's a girl that I dated purely because she had big tits. But um, no, she, she bought it for me that day. Yeah. And uh, 
and I liked it. And um, but no, it was. And it's the fun. The funniest thing is, I love the fold out family tree. Yes. Yes. But it's so filled with errors now that in hindsight, right. there's like lots of problems with it. Sure. But at the it, time, it, it I loved it. It definitely needs to be updated, but yeah, there's it, was, a lot of mistakes. it was super cool. But at the time, I was like, oh, this is badass. You it know? was badass. Where can I get a fucking CD for Uncle Joe? See, and Kiss, <laughs> they're cool like that. You know, they, even at that time, they, under, they were, I guess maybe they were starting to re-understand. Yeah where their fans were coming from and re-understand the legacy that they had built because I guess it's around that point Kiss Live 3 where a lot of the up and coming bands are going coming to Kiss and going you're freaking awesome that's yeah they like, started getting like, a little bit of level of respect for the old school stuff right mm-hmm. and that's like when when like a podcast that starts brand new comes to yeah. us and says man you guys you guys really laid it down man that that makes you are feel we in good, our alive you know? three phase i think oh we god are. <laughs> when do we get to do the reunion tour and make money um, hey it doesn't matter as long as we're past the elder and unmasked we're, oh, we're it's all downhill yeah. from here yeah you look terrible with a po- little short hair ponytail here. yeah i know um but no but that, that no i get but it i'm saying you know, i like love Skid that era Row and pantera and all these bands are coming forward and all of a sudden it's like you know you can say hey that band you love that you're giving me shit about liking Kiss, like you said about Motley Crue, there would be no Motley Crue, there would be no Skid Row, there would be no Pantera if it wasn't for Kiss, you know. And and Kiss was probably starting to see that. That's why mm-hmm. maybe I'm sure it ties in as to why at that time they started busting out the old songs again because I think maybe they were a little ashamed of their old stuff. Like maybe Paul got it in his head. It's like this is the new era. It's the it's the Bon Jovi age. There's no use in fighting it. Let's just bury what we did in the past and become this, mm-hmm. you know? And to the point where you almost become ashamed of what you were because you were something huge, but, yeah. but you're not gone. You know, you're still around. You were huge. You weren't. You're not as big as you were. So what do you do? Either latch onto that legacy and, and leech it right. or stop it. And try to create something new. And you got to respect Paul Stanley because he took it. And even Gene Simmons. And tried to make something new out of it. Right. You know? and that t- You're still that mad at me balls. over the Paul comments, aren't you? I'm just saying. It takes balls. <laughs> it takes fucking balls to do that. Especially when and your flash. legacy is that big. Yeah, you got to have flat flash and balls. Flash and balls. That just goes hand in hand. Everybody knows that. When I say balls, I mean flash and right. balls. You can't really think that I'm a hater of Paul No, Stanley. I know you're Come not. Come on, dude. How long I have I been a Kiss fan? I know you're not. I'm just speaking from the heart. I know you talk a little shit. I'm not talking shit. But I know if if I had a free ticket to go see Kiss right now, you would go. Well, free is a big word. It is. Well, it's a small word, but it means a lot. It's a four-letter word. (laughs) Starts with an F. Yes. Um, All right. So we'll go to the next question. What's the weirdest piece of Kiss memorabilia that you have, and how did you find it? Hmm. I don't know. What's your? Do you got a? Do you got any weird? Any I was weird? hoping you would have a story so I could think of mine. I think. Do I have anything? I don't know that I have anything weird. Mm. I got a couple of CDs that I've never seen anywhere else before, but they're not. They're just bootlegs. Ain't nothing well, special. Well, I've got it buried somewhere in my collection at home, but I have a signed CD of Carl Cochran and. Eric Singer for the Voodoo Land CD that Carl right Cochran on. put out in 1998, I think. That's a good CD. Doesn't Ace Frehley play on the hidden yes. track or something? Yeah, because yeah. Carl Cochran wrote um, Into the Void with Ace Frehley. Yeah, those two are pretty tight. And Carl Cochran is her recovering from a stroke. Well, that's been a while now. Yeah. I 
last I heard, I think he's, I think he's doing, doing better. Yeah, he's doing pretty good. But they were Carl and Eric Singer were guests at a convention, and the, he was in ESP too. Wasn't yes, he? he was. Yeah, he that's was the right. bass Eric player. Singer project, and he was the bass player for Ace in Before the early nineties. Yeah. Yes, and um, we know our shit. We do. And Carl was a guest at the Nashville Kiss Expo, um, 98 or 99. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I got in trouble with, I don't have an, uh, that's the memorabilia I have is the signed CD from Carl and Eric Singer. That's the same, that's the same uh, expo that I met Eric Singer and I said I, loved, I get... loved his work on the second Badlands album. Yeah. Fucking stupid. <laughs> and, um, and uh, but I do like that second Badlands album, but it was Jeff Martin mm. playing the drums. But, uh, I got to have drinks with both of them after after the expo. So after you said that to him, then you got to have drinks yeah. with them? Okay, cool. We went to well, a what bar. What a nice guy. We went to a bar and we all had beers together. But um cuz I knew a guy that was working the expo as yeah. security and he was like, "Hey, the guests, well, Eric and Carl, Bruce didn't want to go get drunk." Right. But he's like, "Eric and Carl want to go to a bar downtown and drink." You know, I'm just letting you know if you want to meet up. And I'm like, cool. Right and on. I did. Eric Singer was kind of standoffish. I mean, he was nice. Yeah. But well, I suppose after what you said to him. Yeah. But, I, but, but I talked <laughs> But I talked more to Carl Co- Cochran at the time. Yeah. But we we all got to have drinks and we toasted a couple of times. And, right on. And that was cool. But I got a Voodoo Lance CD sign. But that, that, I guess that's the craziest piece of merch I have. There's no really great story to go with it. But. Yeah, that's what I. It was cool to cool to have a beer with Eric Singer. Yeah, that's very cool. Who painted us that rock and roll over thing over there? That um, was a well. That was a uh, well. I, okay, how do I address this? That's the host of the show, Cobras and Fire, Devin. Okay, that's oh, that's the coolest. This rock and roll painting by yeah. Loose Cannon. Loose Cannon is the coolest piece of Kiss memorabilia I own. Is it? I guess it is. I'm trying to think if I, I have know, anything I else that ki- would be cool. Let me look look around. Okay, there's some Kiss incense up there. Yeah, most of what we there's have is a, right here. Kiss lunchbox. There's a great big Gene Simmons. Well, there's I've a my, Ace Frehley bus. I've there's got my a, my Peter Chris yeah. signed picture, which was the night that I met him after the Bad Boys Kiss tour. But I've told All that story a million times around. on the show. Yes, that's pretty cool. We got the uh, the Kiss Rocks Vegas poster and Ryan frame Cook got us that. that came from Ryan. He brought that for us. They opened for him. I got the Ace Frehley picture disc up there with. I don't know if any of this Autograph. is weird, though. I got the Ace Frilly pick from yeah. the from the reunion. I don't think anything of this Nothing is, weird. Nothing quote-unquote weird. weird. All right, so let's go to the next one. Um, I've never washed my hands since the day I met Ace Frilly in 2004. <laughs> That's gross. <laughs> yes, but it's collectible. And that question was from uh, Ross, who's the rockin' donkey, who we had on the Y&T discussion. Awesome dude. Uh, Tom Neuerberg. Next time we will have you on the show for free. Sure. Tom asks, isn't it hard to love Kiss so much while watching Paul and Jean worship the dollar bill? When they give the we love our fans, we have everything because of them talk, do you believe it? Fucking A, I do. Ask Pixie Esmond. You know, what, what was her main theme? After our big conversation last week, what was the number one point that she wanted us to know? It's simple. She made it easy to see. Kiss loves their fans. No matter what's going on, they're doing the best they can because they believe and they know, you know, the whole beginning of everything comes from the music that they create Mm -hmm. and the the experiences that they enable. You know, so yeah, fuck yeah, it's easy to love Kiss. I think it's a mix. I think, yes, they want to make money and they know how to do it. 
But at the same time, they wouldn't still be doing it unless there was unless there was a give a shit involved. There's and, there's plenty of other ways yeah. for these guys to make money and they've shown it over the years. Yeah. Like, you know, they've all done the acting thing. I mean Or know, they would be doing about, it talk about Tommy Tommy Thayer and Eric Singer. Right. They can be in any band anytime they sure. want right now. They could call make the phone call to Queens of the Stone Age or whoever and be like, We're in your band and they're like, Yes. Well, we like some people, Eric, Eric Singer, anyway. You know, and, and and we got a number of these suggestions of people saying, you know, why did you charge this much for a meet and greet and blah blah blah. But at the same time, it's it's easy to kind of take shots at that when you come from a different financial perspective, right? Um, at the, want, is it valuable? Of well, course, it's valuable. Is it? Did they build it themselves? Well, if you were a business owner, it doesn't even have to be a band. You're a business owner or an inventor. Mm-hmm. You invent this thing, and it becomes super popular. Don't you think you should get paid for sure. that, you know? My opinion, I think there is a method to that madness where, you know, everybody's like, well, why are people paying $1,200 per person to meet these guys? Because they will. They Well, that's one part of it. But also, if they say, say KISS decides, okay, we're charging too much money for this, we're going to do $200 a person to do meet and greet. Okay, that's going to be a week-long event. Exactly. Yeah. It doesn't become feasible time-wise for them to do it for that amount of money. If I had the disposable income, let's say I, I freaking hit the lottery tomorrow, mm-hmm. you know, and now all of a sudden for the rest of my life I can have whatever I want when I want it. Would I do it? you damn right I would. Yeah. Why, but the I hell, mean, why the hell not? If I don't care about the money, if I got the money yeah. to spend, not to try to sound you know bad about somebody that's got the money. Hey, if you got the money, awesome. You probably earned it. I hope you did. And you mm-hmm. can spend it however you want to spend it. And if you want to spend your money hanging out with Kiss, fucking A, that's a good True. way to spend your money. There's a lot of worse things you can spend I'm your sure. money on than hanging out with Kiss. But I mean, you're doing... You know, the fact that they're... they try. I think they try to limit it to 20 to 30 people... At the meet and greets. You know what? So and, they charge and, a high amount for but, that. But doesn't, again, doesn't that give back to the fans that want it the most? If you're a fan that's willing to do that, then that's, don't you deserve that's my point. the extra time? They're trying to keep yeah. it to a small number of people so they can make it memorable for them. So they're, you're actually hanging out right. with kids. Otherwise, it's 200 people jammed into a little room and they're, and then they're spending... 30 seconds with you. Sure, it's the same old thing. You're for $200. Hi, Paul, I love you. Oh, thank you. What do you want me to sign? Right here. Who do I make it out to? Tina, here you go. Thank you. Next. Yeah. Hi, Paul, I love you. But, I love you too. What, who's I make it out to? You know, Bob. Yeah. Okay, Bob, here you go. You know, what the fuck and, is that? And that used to be the, the that was the stock and trade in the late 80s. Sure. Like on the Hot in the Shade tour. And even longer than that because when they do the Back comic in the conventions day. and stuff, yeah. it's like that. But. And, it, and, and some people like to bring that up, like, "Oh, I met Kiss in 1988 at a meet and greet, and it only cost me a hundred dollars." Yes, that was back when people actually bought music. Right. This is a case where I will defend the artist because these guys have to make money whenever they can, and like some Michael, don't Kiss have enough money? That's not for you to decide. Right. That they're the ones who are putting the work in. That's up. That's for yeah. them to decide. You don't get to put a cap. You on vote their with success. your wallet. Yeah. If you, you don't like it, don't show right. up. If you don't think if if you do think that Kiss has made enough money, then don't go. Then, then what you do is stop spending money on Kiss. Yes. Me on the meantime, if Kiss keeps putting out stuff that's worthwhile that well, I want, I'll buy album. I will buy it. I won't buy concert tickets, but that's me. You might buy I'm, some Hello Kitty though. Fuck no. <laughs> but I'm voting with my wallet. Vote with your wallet, exactly. but don't but don't complain about it. Right. They have a right to charge what they want. 
So and like you say, people are paying for it and they're sure. enjoying it. So yeah, they seem to be making out just okay for it. It's like um, my favorite thing to say. What's the, who's the victim? This comes there out. There's no victim, so then there is no crime. This is real lightning round stuff. Craig Smith from Pods and Sods asks, "Is BJ Cramp silly for saying that I still love you sucks?" My opinion is yes, because I love that song. You know what? When I was a young kid and I heard Creatures of the Night for the first, ta- first time, like it. I fucking hated it. I figured. But as I got a little you older. You appreciate it now. Oh, God, I love it. Well, it's I like a Zeppelin it. song. It, it reminds me of Since I've Been Loving You. I love it so much. It's it's funny for me to think back to when I was young and some stuff that I just, I didn't like Rush. I didn't hey, your like, t- your taste I didn't like Dio. My, my taste has gotten so much better. So that tells me. That we're right and BJ's wrong. That's right. And he needs to grow up. I don't think that song BJ, sucks at all. Hey, BJ, grow the fuck up, dude. Oh. <laughs> all right. So immature. Um, but no, that's... Uh, <laughs> but that song is... Uh, that's a mature song for Kiss to put out. And that's Paul Stanley letting his uh, Robert Plant influence kick yeah. in. And also, it's a very honest song because uh, Donna Dixon had just dumped him for Dan Aykroyd when he wrote that song. Mm-hmm. He won't admit to it, but that's what it, that song's about. Uh, let's see. Talk about some iconic Kiss guitars. He said, I'll get you started. This is from Andy Connors. Broken Mirror Iceman, the Axe mm-hmm. Bass, and the three yep. pickup Les Paul. I'll take them all. I like all of them. Yeah. What are some of your favorite Kiss guitars? Les Paul, baby. Ace yeah, Frehley rocking Frehley. that fucker with the smoke coming out of it and the bombs going off. And, you know, you can't forget the Axe Bass and, you know, Paul's Ibanez's. I mean, shit. The Ibanez Iceman to this day is, in my opinion, is the most beautifully designed guitar ever made. Yeah. I think the body style is perfect for that guitar. And he, yeah, and it's cool, and because it is still pretty unique to him. No, it was around before it Paul. It was, but not. But I he mean, he modified it a bit. Right. I mean, that, but it says Paul. You, you don't really see a lot of photos, old photos of bands and stuff like pre-Kiss or even yeah. after Kiss playing a Paul Stanley Ibanez. It's pretty much been come to known. Because I love that guitar. It's so unique. And Les Paul, I mean, Les Paul predates Ace Frehley. I mean, that oh, yeah. Les Paul is just legendary either way. But Ace Frehley, you know, I'll he let, helped let, it. Les Paul had Ace Frehley in mind when he you think so? Well, okay. I mean, clearly, <laughs> clearly, and Slash, maybe. But I too. love some of the '80s guitars Sack that Wild. the guys play. I didn't like Ace's Washburn that you mentioned earlier. No. That thing was a piece of shit. No, it was cool looking. No, it wasn't. You know? It looked like shit. But it was cool looking. It was like unique it. and different. It sounded like crap as far as... Oh, Any, terrible guitar. Anything I've read by him said, yeah, I... think it was I, called I, the I, AF-40. It was neat. I got an endorsement. It was fun. And, he did it for the money. And then I played it, and it was like, yeah, give me my Les Paul back. But I like some of the like some of the BC Rich and Hammer guitars that Paul played through the 80s. I Didn't, think there was some good stuff. Bruce Kulik had this badass yellow... Oh, the yellow ESP. ESP, oh, yeah. fuck yeah. Yeah, during the Crazy Nights era. Yep. Yeah, yeah, he was on the back cover of the album with yep. that. Yeah, that guitar is That's badass. a sweet guitar. What about the Gene Simmons bass with the with the lizard on it? Yeah. I like that. I don't remember who made that one. I don't remember either, but it was badass looking. That maybe thing a was Padula? cool as hell. Padula, maybe, I think. He played that on the Hot in the Shade tour. And he yeah, also had the that's same. That's on that album cover too. He had the one that had his face maybe. and makeup on it too. Oh yeah. Um, and but Gene had one. Gene I was, was the only one still holding on to the legacy of the past. Yeah, he Paul was like, leave it behind. It was leave a, it behind. It was a cool callback to the old days. Yeah. But there was one he played during Crazy Nights that um, I was talking to Bob Bentley the other day. And he was in full makeup and costume as I was driving him home. That dude looks so good when he's dressed up. And we were talking about... He's a handsome man without it. That's true. And we were talking about Gene's basses through the years. And uh, I brought up the staccato, which was... It was like a... 
it was like a half-bodied bass that he played during the Crazy Nights era. It was, ooh, sorry, and it was headless on the top, and it would shoot huh. fireworks out of the top of the bass. Do you remember that bass? No. It was a really cool-looking bass, and I told him I was like, I think it would be awesome to see Gene in makeup and costume play that thing with the fire coming out of the top of the bass. Huh. If you watch the Turn on the Night and uh, Reason to Live and Crazy Nights videos, you'll see. He it. plays it. He in plays them? it in those videos. Then I must have seen. I have to double. It's a strange-looking bass, but it would look cool with the with the demon playing it. Yeah. But uh, right on. Paul was in like this came up on forums this week. Paul was a bit of a promotion whore when it came to guitars, like, and he still is to this day. Like is, whoever will endorse Who gives him free guitars he's going to endorse? Gonna play. Yeah. I mean, the fact that the guy played Silvertones a few years ago is like, good God, dude. You might as well be playing JCPenney guitars. But that's the thing. I mean, you just go in there, you what? You get your picture taken holding the guitar. That's all it is. And you get and then, free gear for the whole tour. And then you go back to your studio and go back to playing whatever you really like. Yeah, because you know? everything you had, Washburn, Silvertone, no matter what, it was all modded out. Yeah, you know, it's like got custom pickups and and custom inlay and custom bridge, and so it's like it's the way he'd play it anyway. But like, but he's saying buy a Silvertone guitar, but like, sure. Silvertone is like fucking the Walmart of guitars. Yeah, you know what I mean, it's like it's a fucking you could yeah. buy a Paul Stanley guitar for seventy dollars, so at Walmart. That's awesome. I gotta go. I'll be right back. <laughs> and like, yeah, the one that was uh, the silver tone that it, I think it was called the Avenger, maybe. Yeah. You remember that one? No. It came out around the 2004 tour. And you could buy the guitar for like 80 bucks or something at Walmart. It was a cool looking body style, but like the hardware was garbage. And it had Paul Stanley's name on it and everything, yeah. like packaging. Oh, and sure. All that. Yeah. But the wow. hardware was just fucking awful. Like you'd have to I mean, mod if the hell out of it. Buying a guitar at Walmart. I mean, I mean, it was good for start for a starter guitar yeah. if you're just a twelve year old kid getting into playing. Dreaming but you're not gonna play. Child. You're not gonna go out on a, in a club and play that thing. Oh, it just unless you want funny. feedback to echo through the sidewalk outside. But uh, so yeah, so I mean, there's a lot of cool Kiss guitar. Of course, Ace had great ones. He had the light up one that Steve Carr yeah. made for the Dynasty tour. That's badass. He still plays that to this day. Don't forget Vinny and his flying V. Vinny had the original Rhodes V. Um, Randy died. Randy only got to play, I think, one of the Rhodes Vs that 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 uh, Grover Jackson made. Yeah. And then Vinny kind of over, took over the the trademark, not the trademark, but he, Vinny became the face like of that face that of design. It, yeah. And then he changed to the double V model. Which I could do an entire hour on that. But, uh, <laughs> Let's not. Let's yeah. not do that. There's some behind the scenes talk. I, I need to get that builder to come on for a Vinny special because there's a lot of stuff you guys don't know. But huh. about that 2011 Nam show, right? But uh, all right. So What's what is next? David Hudson wants to know what is the worst Kiss song? What song do you think is the absolute bottom of the oh. barrel worst thing Kiss ever did? It's Beth. Oh, come it's on. It's Beth on so many levels, not just you because... You can't... I mean, there's songs... Look, there are songs that are worse than Beth, but nothing... Okay, what is? Nothing has ever hurt as bad as so many times when you'd be trying to defend Kiss. Oh, you're people trying, bring that up. You're too. trying to defend Kiss and be like, I fucking ate God of Thunder and Cold Gin and Strutter and Deuce and Let Me Go Rock and Roll. And what do they say to you? What do they say? What about Beth? Beth, I hear you call. Yeah. Fuck. But there well, wouldn't be a kiss to defend. Got me there. there wouldn't you be know? a kiss to defend without Beth. They would have. They would have survived. They would. No, they they would have. They would have hit either way. Beth saved that. I baby. gotta think they would have hit either way. Benny didn't save Kiss. Beth saved Kiss. In some ways, it's hard to argue that it did. 
So that's your least favorite Kiss song. It's my least favorite. Like when I'm putting together like Kiss songs on my iPod because I take them right off the CDs and download them. Put Funnily them in my enough, iPod, I just skip Beth right out of there. Peter Chris is a part of my least favorite Kiss song. Yeah. I finally found my way to you from Psycho Circus. I think that's the absolute worst Kiss song ever created. Have I ever told my story about that song on this show? I think something about a wedding. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's, you played it's it at bad. a wedding? Yeah, it's bad. Yeah. It's a bad song. And it'll did, it'll yeah, ruin and, a marriage. And, and like Father it'll the Bride ruin a marriage. pissed off about it. Yeah. No, I played it because I didn't... Or the Bride they, was mad. No, they booked me to DJ the wedding. Right. But when it came down, and I come in with a milk crate and milk crate full of CDs. I've done it myself. And so I'm playing the best that I can do, you know, and I've got CDs. You know, it's not like I've got a iPod full of a thousand songs. First mistake, like they didn't give you a song list. No, they they didn't. And I was like, you know, and they're like, well, just bring whatever. I was like, okay. That's I'll bad. Bring, bring what I got. And so then it was like time for the wedding song. And I was like, okay. You guys want to hear so, something enough's enough. So, yeah, no, no. So I said to him, I was like, okay, great. Do you have a CD or anything? What is what is your wedding song? And they're like, oh, we don't know. We don't I'm like, oh, fuck, you know. And I, I probably should have went with the enough's enough. <laughs> but I was like, damn, this song is horrible in every other way. But maybe this is the one time where this song can do some good in the world. It's a good wedding song. Like if you really break down if to, sung the, on to the message, or... to the message in the song, and in his whole, it could be a great wedding song. Maybe you, out there listening, have used this as your wedding song. Please let us know. Yeah, let us know. I really want to talk to you. You're coming on the next show to tell us about it. When I played this song as a wedding dance song, yeah, I got many dirty looks. <laughs> And so well, a lot of Peter Chris fans out there. Anyway. Yeah. What I did was, you know, part of my deal was I got to drink for free that night. So, you know, I just drank. Which led to the decision then, to play. I found him out. Well, no, because that was, well, yeah, I guess I was part way in. But I never went to the bride or the groom or anybody to ask for pay that night because of Peter Chris. Uh, Peter cost you <laughs> and the, a paycheck. And the song that he was allowed to do oh. on Psycho Circus. Because I got to say, I don't know. Would Peter have picked that song if he had a choice, or would he have picked something more rocking? I would do? hope not. I got to hope. and I'm, Although I, we all have heard I one choose, for all. <laughs> I choose to believe that if Peter Chris would have had any kind of say in Psycho Circus, he would have sang a better song than that. But I can only hope. Who knows? All right, so let's go to the next question. Even in the only situation where it could have been good as a wedding song, it was still bad. So this is interesting. Neil Johnson... Regular listener responds all the time. Right. Sure. What's up, Neil? Says, this is such a dumb question, and I had a chance to ask them at the KISS convention in 95. By 1983, when it came to record and release Lick It Up, Paul and Gene were in full control. Mm -hmm. First album with no makeup, so I'd have to guess that when it came time to take the cover photo, how they were presenting themselves was a huge consideration. Why yeah. then was Vinny allowed to wear that purple shirt when everyone else was dressed in black? Your eyes are immediately drawn to him when you look at the pic, which I can't imagine is what they wanted. As I said, dumb question. Not a dumb question at it's all. It's not a dumb question because there's kind of a funny story, if I'm not mistaken, that goes along with this about, well, it's a <laughs> conspiracy theory with it a K. Is. That's not Vinny. It's a mannequin, right? That, that's the rumor. 
I don't buy that though. I mean, I don't know. So if you look at pictures from the photo sessions and the live shows, Gene was the one wearing that shirt. So Gene must have loaned Vinny that shirt. Huh. Or it was Gene's shirt on the mannequin and they superimposed Vinny's <laughs> head into the mound of the I mannequin. I always laugh every time I hear that I story. don't know. I don't know if I buy that whole mannequin business, but nothing surprises me at, at that point in time because there was a lot that of That would make sense then if, if Gene, like they needed to dress the mannequin. And, and Gene, Gene had that like, shirt. I've got this shirt laying around. Or the other scenario would be Vinny Vincent came in wearing some kind of shirt that they didn't like. Maybe. And so Gene was like, fuck. Put this on instead. It's possible. It's it, it's kind of an unanswerable question. Well, someday when we have Vinny Vincent on the show, we will certainly ask him that. I love your enthusiasm. <laughs> we'll ask him. Uh, Sonny Pooney wants to know what would it take. My to man st- wants to know what would it take to stop the Tommy and Eric hate. I don't think there is anything you can do. Skin cleanser for the people that hate. It's the makeup. Yeah, I mean that's that's it's totally it boils I mean, down to makeup. Yeah, other than other than suddenly deciding and having a huge change of heart, which at this point there's no point in doing that. Uh. Like if they came out tomorrow and said, "Hey, we've decided after years of abuse from our fans, and we have always said that we put our fans first before mm-hmm. our own feelings. We put our fans first. Well, we always say that anyway. Um. <laughs> We've decided that from this day forward, Eric is going to be the hawk, mm-hmm. and Tommy's going to be... The blade or whatever. Whatever. The blade? I don't know. <laughs> I, like, I don't know of a good like alter that. eagle. That's good. I like alter that. Because it doesn't have to be an animal or something. No, I don't know. I mean, what's, what's a star child? Mm-hmm. Somebody, somebody came up with... Somebody the, whose mom had sex with an alien? Maybe. Somebody came up with alternate designs for both of them that looked pretty cool. Yeah. I think the blade may have been Tommy's. I don't know, but blade's cool. But I, I'd much rather that than them. But use... even at this point, like right now, so so let me take us back to our very first question: If they put Tommy and Eric in mm-hmm. different makeup mm-hmm. and took it back what, on I tour, even with Paul's voice, the way you hate it, no, I wouldn't go see. Him. You still wouldn't go see it to see these guys in their own personas? No, because ah, no, because my favorite part of the on. band has a shot voice. That's the ish- that's the reason I'm not going anyway. You would still go see the Blade and the Hawk. No, wouldn't you? Would have to see them at least once just to say you've seen it. If you're giving me a free ticket, maybe. Ah, oh, you wouldn't buy a ticket no. to see it though. Even no. that wouldn't bring you to Mm-mm. a Kiss concert. Not with Paul sounding like he does, and it's not uh, a slag. It's dang. just my own. Sounds like a slag. How is it a slag when I don't want to see my my favorite frontman ever sound awful? I'm doing. I'm, I'm doing it. it more out of respect for him than anything. I get it. I get it. It's like Willie Mays playing way too long. Yeah, you don't want to see that, Favre, man. You know, yeah. Same thing. So see, Kiss likes to use that whole sports team analogy. I'm doing the same. Yeah. I don't want to see you're, my. You're telling. You're my telling favorite. Paul Stanley, don't be a Brett Favre. Yeah. This is the same guy that said we're not going to stay a moment past. We should, and we're not going to be the guy at the end of the party where people say, "Why are you still here?" Well, guess what, guys. They're doing that. Well, not everybody's doing that. A lot of people are. But a lot of people okay, still... Okay, well, then I'll just say Wait. this. If if the, if you want to go ahead and listen to Chris and do what he says, that's great. But it's time to start the KISS 2.0 TV show, and listen. it's going to be awesome. And that's fine. I'd, I am... 
this is one thing that this but is, don't stop creating new music solo or otherwise this is like a, a point of contention with a lot of fans and like and this is like there's fans of mine that are they're fans of kiss that i i consider friends of mine like matt porter from the kiss room like oh don't throw him under the bus i'm not at all <laughs> i love matt and i can't wait to meet him He's in a, a few dude. weeks but and matt's group the kiss room group is it's a group for positivity yeah. and it's like there's no room for questioning you know paul's vocals or whatever right. and that's fine it's his group he does what he wants with it so did you recently get kicked out no or you are about to <laughs> i might but there was a the, a friend of ours don who he's he runs a great site called the great southern brain fart um he did an open letter to paul stanley which pretty much echoed how i feel yeah of you were my hero growing up your vocals sound pretty much atrocious now Although he's kind of pushing for him to retire. I'm not going to tell Paul Stanley what to do. Oh, he's just, earned the right to do whatever he yeah. wants. He's given me more entertainment than I could have ever asked for. So what oh, he absolutely. does with his life is up to him, not sure, to me. Of course. I just choose not to go see him live. But it, Don put that link in Matt's group, and it did not go well. No, I bet not. And Matt's like, we have no room for this negativity. Get it out of here. Yeah. And that's fine. Um, I don't. I don't have a problem with if you want to stay positive about things, and that's fine. But I do have an issue where people say stuff along the lines of, if you don't completely support this current lineup <laughs> of the band, you are not a fan. Turn in your Kiss Army card now. I don't agree with that. No. I can, not, I can choose to not go see them live, but I can still be a fan. What the hell? Was... My wife's oh. mad at me or something. Spraying water okay. on the AC unit. So you guys got a is really a... laid-back version of the show. <laughs> this oh, is like my wife doing dishes a... in the middle of recording yeah. at the old place. That's not a mixed signal, is it? Uh-oh. Are you in hot at? water? Uh, we're at about two hours here. Are we really? Yeah. Oh, my God. So we're not going to have time for calls today, I don't no, think. No, absolutely not. Sorry, everybody that thought they were going to get that. But these questions were good, and we yeah, yeah. got a good buzz on, and we're feeling all right and having fun. Uh, let's see. Let me find some good ones here. There was one that was interesting. Oh, this is good. Okay. So, Greg Spicoli, uh-huh. who, uh, Renault, who is a, he's actually a DJ, I think, in Oklahoma. Yeah. And he loves our show. Okay. And so, he, apparently, all radio doesn't suck. Uh, that's true. <laughs> but all wives may not like us. Oh, man. This is interesting. I don't, I don't want the listeners to think my wife's a jerk. <laughs> He asked, he said, had Vinnie Vincent stayed with the band through the course of the 80s and contributed most, if not all, of the songwriting, would they have matched the success of the 70s or at least been bigger than they were during the non-makeup years? No, I don't think so. No, not at all. Bruce Kulick did such a good job in his role in that band that I don't really see Vinnie Vincent adding that much more than what Bruce Kulick did. And B.J. Cramp from Rock and Roll said... They would have sold at least as many records as Vinnie Vincent Invasion. Yeah. Okay. Here's where I'm going to tell I both guess. of you that you're wrong and why. Vinnie Vincent Invasion was going to be a limited success no matter how good the songs were because he was considered a Kiss offshoot. Right. He was a guy that was in Kiss for five minutes, and people are going to be like, well, he's the guy that was in Kiss for a few minutes, and why should we take him seriously? Really sorry, guys. That's okay. So the fans were going to be, he was going to be limited no matter how good his songs were. Yeah. Kiss at the same time was a proven commodity, which is why 
Heavens on Fire was a hit. Heavens right. on Fire was a hit because it was, it was a catchy, a song. catchy song. But you got to admit the name, the name Kiss had cachet to it, even in 1984. Yeah, but people didn't think Kiss was cool that much at those times. Okay. But there was a band called Aerosmith that did pretty well for themselves during true. that period of time, too, yeah, that's true. with better songwriting. You cannot tell me that some of the material that wound up on the Invasion album would not have greatly benefited Animalize and Asylum. So are you talking about, like, Paul Stanley singing that time of year or something like yes, that? Yeah. Exactly. Or Back on the Streets. Back on the Streets is a really great song. Or Gene singing Do You Want to Make Love. Or Paul Stanley doing Shoot You Full of Love. That's assuming that Paul and Gene are going to just let Vinnie Vincent bust loose on the songwriting. They did which, on Lick It Up. That's the thing that separates, and I say, you know, Bruce Kulick was great at what he did, and he was awesome. But he wasn't what, a writer. What separates that is that even if he was a writer, he wasn't really welcome to it. He was, he was constrained. Just a, a hired gun. Yeah, but sure. with Vinnie. With Vinnie, what he brought to the table. A lot of co-writes. And, and why he was probably able to fight for more than mm-hmm. what he was being offered is because of them songwriting skills and the songwriting credits Absolutely. that came along with it. Not only was he a killer guitar player, but he was bringing songs into the band that were so good that they couldn't refuse them. Yeah. You know, when Bruce comes in, I gotta imagine Gene and Paul pretty much already have those songs together, and then like we talked about with Donnie V, mm-hmm. where him and Chip would write the songs and then give it to to Frigo, and Frigo would lay down all the ripping guitar right. on the stuff. I gotta imagine it's probably a lot well, the same way when it comes to Bruce. Well, Vinny ruined Paul and Gene's perspective on having right. an outside writer, right? And that hurt Bruce. Yeah, it yeah. did hurt Bruce. Vinny was Bruce's worst enemy in that case because oh, totally. he was such a nightmare to deal with on a personal level. Yeah, set a bad but, precedent. Had Vinny been less of a pain in the ass as a human, uh, I got to think Animalize and Asylum would have been hugely improved with yeah. uh, Vinny's song. I don't care if you're not a fan of even Invasion, because Invasion is proof that without Paul and Gene, Vinny was a problem because he was unrestrained and he yeah. he played like a nutcase on those albums. But that's what's so I like great. him personally, that's but I'm so... into shredding guitar. Right. But, but not everyone so, is. But that's what's so great about Lick It Up is because he's got that on but, most of the songs that he plays on and but Gene and Paul have a way of reeling they him, reeled in him in to play within the confines of a case of, where where Vinny colors outside the line. Yeah, but like totally. they were good for each other. Yeah. Like Vinny was a great compliment to them songwriting wise, but they were a great compliment to him and reeling him in and making him palatable right. with what he played. But in every other instance in life, it was the opposite. It didn't work. No. But but like imagine Animalize with Vinny playing on it with be- Vinny's songs from the Invasion album Some imagine them, the song yeah. Animal the Shoot You Full of Love and I mean No Substitute I mean those songs No Substitute the, the best songs would have been a Vinny huge Vincent power Invasion ballad for the Kiss the best songs off of Animalize mixed together on one album yeah but like the song No Substitute with Paul Stanley singing it would have been a massive power ballad I have no doubt. Wow. And I love Robert I, can, I yeah. love Robert Fleischman, but it would have been a huge hit for Kiss. Right, because again you say with the the power of the name yeah. behind it. You but know, at where the same Vinny time Vincent Invasion, they had the power of yeah. a different band's name behind them and that don't equate to quite as much. But I can also see the opposite side of the argument too. Um they did Reason to Live with Diane Warren writing the song and it didn't really oh, good, it yeah. didn't hit. It's awful. Oh, I love That's that right up there too. I wouldn't my, be, we wouldn't be sitting Kiss right songs. here for one reason to reason to live. Bad Kiss songs. That one's right this up is there. It's my gateway into Kiss, man. And finally found my way. Of course, you put a 
chick like Eloise Brody in the video, and that kind of helps, you know. A little bit. Especially me doesn't help puberty. the song. Aren't you glad for that mental image? But um, but no, I think I think Vinny would have made them. I don't know that they would have gotten to Aerosmith levels because Steven Tyler and Joe Perry had a certain charisma that was above what Paul and Gene had. Especially yeah. Steven Tyler. Steven Tyler was more likable as a celebrity than Paul Stanley was. Hmm. I wonder why that is. He's just more attractive to the masses, I think. Not that he's good looking, right? but he's more of like a cartoon character for the masses. Uh, Paul Stanley's a pretty good cartoon character. He but, is. I, but I guess that's when he's the star child. But Steven Tyler is... He's like kind Steven of Steven Tyler's like a superhero all the time, where Paul Stanley was only really a superhero when he had a star painted on his eye. Steven kind of sticks in your brain. And I'm a Kiss fan before an Aerosmith fan, believe yeah, me. Yeah, totally. But huh, So that that's, that's a weird. good question by Spicoli, though. I mean, I, I think it's good. But I told BJ that he's wrong, and that's why. Yeah, um, I don't know about that. I think Kiss would have been bigger in the 80s with Vinny on board. Hmm. I really do. Or if maybe Vinny went to Ben such a jerk, then they would have cut Bruce loose a little bit better and let him help write some songs, and he would have got better. And yeah, there's a million different ways. Kiss, what if you know? I had um, <laughs> Christine Vital, who is a uh, she's actually a radio host in New York. She uh, had a lot of radio DJs listening to our show. I know, probably and wishing they could. Man, you know, I got oh, don't people, get don't I got get people, ego. I got egotistical. people all over this city listening to me right now, and I could be providing them with something quality instead of just these commercials and these same songs over and over again. Well, Christine said she had questions, but she wanted to send them to me via PM because sometimes Kiss fans can be kind of harsh about. Kiss fans that have the opposite opinion can be kind of dicks. Okay. Which I won't I won't disagree. So <laughs> hey. um not nah, being honest. <laughs> so like she had a lot of questions. So let's go through okay. one. Um what was the goal of Paul's vocal cord surgery? What had he hoped to achieve from it? Was it to improve his singing ability or was it to ensure he can go on, even though he is still sounding quite awful, even at his best? Like on Fire and Water, he still sounds ill. Hey. What was the actual diagnosis that warranted that surgery? Now, let's get into some real deep conspiracy theory All right, here. Because Paul Stanley did have vocal surgery. He did, surgery, and he admitted right? to it. And that should have been the end of the well, problem, right? have you heard the Julie Andrews story? Well, she got her vocals done and never was able to... Never recovered. Yeah. She was the chick from Sound of Music. I suppose it's just like any kind of surgery. It's a risk. I mean, you got a risk when you go in and get laser icic or whatever in your eyes and mm -hmm. you know you could come out worse than you ever were before. it's a risk it's, yeah it's never guaranteed right and um it's very possible that call that paul went in to get surgery and it didn't work so yeah because you got to figure paul stanley clearly he's got the money to do it no sure problem. And, and he wanted and to a, improve his really voice. good doctor but maybe the same thing happened to joe elliott from def leopard you know maybe well, so let's get into the elephant in the room he, here okay all right well, Joe Elliott sings the tapes now. That's per uh, that's pretty clear. Well, still pretty obvious. Paul is, although I think I, somebody kind of exposed Paul to doing it on the last tour a little bit. Yeah, I don't. He's still singing, but there's tapes involved. Gotta, At this point, Gary Corbett backstage with the keyboard pushing the buttons to make your <laughs> with Leon singing yeah. forever. But uh, no, I mean it's at this point. If you're still going to go out and do it, you might as well. Sure. Um, but no, I mean there's. There's, I've heard some other fans talk about theories about his vocal cord surgery and also the reasons for his vocal cord decline. Okay. One of those, and this is me 
relaying something I've heard, but I, this is also a conspiracy. It's all, not a conspiracy, but it's a theory on, on what may have happened. Is that a conspiracy with a K? <laughs> we should do a whole conspiracy theory episode. Um, he said, you know, remember when Gene was filming Family Jewels and they were playing in Fresno, I think it was Fresno or somewhere in 2006, and Paul went down with heart issues. Okay, yeah, yeah. And they had to play with it as a trio. Yep, I remember that. There's rumor from a few people I've heard from that, um, and Peter Chris also kind of, he kind of jumps in on this conspiracy. If you read his book about Paul's pill addiction for like certain pain meds and stuff like Uh that, you know, like certain opiates. Sure. To deal with like hip replacement surgeries and and surgeries he's had because he's a very physical guy. guy. I can totally get that. You know, that happens to athletes all the time, especially with how screwed up the, the, pharmaceutical companies are it's, with the oxycontins and it, all that shit it's normal it's bad news and it happens a lot sure it a does. lot of a lot of great athletes have it's become of, addicted to opiates because of that stuff. a lot of great people so part of what peter says and what i've heard is that you know paul had both hips replaced and wound up on opiates and opiates if you research it will do a decline on your vocal cords Oh wow! Like they, the the pill addiction will affect your vocal cords after so long, and uh, I think even Peter maybe maybe even conspires on this in his book. But my friend, I know that he follows this shit pretty heavily, was saying that Paul's whole heart issue in two thousand six may be related to opiate addiction more than anything else, and. And That's some pretty heavy-duty speculation it, right it's there. It's very heavy-duty, and I'm not saying that it's gospel. Right. So don't take this and run with it. It's just, I'm not an expert. I'm just sharing what I've heard. But his that's his theory, is that Paul still keeps going because he's kind of in denial over the whole thing, and he's just going to keep going. Yeah. You know. I get it. I get it. Or you know, I see that, too, you know, wanting to... Just, because, man, you know, even... What does is, what is Paul Stanley want? He wants to give it to the fans. He wants to give it to the fans till the end of fucking time. Well, that's a romantic way of looking at it. He wants to give it to him good. He wants to scream for more. Or it's similar to Vince Neil's situation. He doesn't know any other life. He's not happy with his personal life, so he goes out on the road all the time. Yeah, but Paul's got other stuff going on. I don't know. I mean, he's got that whole jazzy thing happening. Soul Station? Yeah, I don't really get down with none of that, but it's still cool to have something. His but his voice is just shot, man. I mean, just I. He's a hell of a painter. I'd rather him paint than sing. Um, I'm not slagging him. Would you buy a Paul Stanley painting if the price was right? If I could afford it, sure. Yeah, me too. Just out of support. Shoot, yeah. I support the guy, but it's one of those things. Like, if I could go, if I could get in a time machine and go back 25 years and talk to the Paul Stanley then and say. And play a YouTube video of him now and say, what do you think of this? Yeah. I think he would be disappointed in himself. And oh, he would say, I should I'm have sure. hung it up by now. I'm sure. I, I hate that I did this. T- t- you know, I just, I think his thought process on it has changed. And he's not, I don't know. There's got to be a reason for it. Sometimes it's hard to get out of something when maybe so many people yeah, expect it. Maybe it's you. like the treadmill. And nobody, he doesn't nobody, know how to get off. Nobody truly ever wants Kiss to end. Nobody. 
Sure. Well, I mean, stupid people, but well, I mean, us, I'm, us awesome people never want to see. It's kissing. funny and doesn't kiss. You know, like we've said throughout this whole episode, you know, they want to give the fans what they want. You know, Paul Stanley wants mm-hmm. to give it to us good, and so just like Trickster, he doesn't want. Oh, way better than Trickster. I'm sorry, he wants to give it to it's us way better than Trickster ever could ever dream of giving it. They to just us. sang about it. That's all. right. Yeah, they don't know, but <laughs> <laughs> sorry. So, don't you kind of feel obligated? No. You know, aren't you kind of... <laughs> I don't. I I don't. I'm happy. Well, okay, so what happens if tomorrow Paul Stanley calls a press conference, uh-huh. gets up on the stage, and says, you know what, I listened to the Decibel Geek podcast <laughs> yesterday, and those fucking assholes are right, you uh-huh. know? And I am. I'm done. I'm done with Kiss. You're never going to see me sing again. Mm-hmm. Never. Ever again. Okay. You want to buy a painting? <laughs> you can't afford it. Piss off. <laughs> I'm out of here. Okay. People. All right. Would that make you happy? No, it wouldn't make me happy. Is that what he should do? Is I'm that, not, is I'm that not, what you think he should do? It's not up to me. It's up to him. I'm not telling him what to do. I'm just telling but you where every, I'm coming everybody from. Everybody that's a Kiss fan thinks that they should be able to tell Kiss what to do. I don't. That's what makes it terrible to be Kiss. I don't. As, I as don't, awesome as it I must have be no for claim Kiss. to telling them what to do, As man. awesome as it must be to be Kiss, the number one thing that must suck the same thing that's so awesome. What's the number one greatest thing about being in Kiss? Our fans are fucking rabid. And they yeah. love us more than anything. And I, we, could, we could do just about anything, and they're going to be cool with it, and they love us. Mm. Opposite side of that is they always think they own us. And they, I don't think they, I own them. They should tell us what we should no. be and how they should guide our lives. You got it wrong. But that's the way it goes. But you know? I, I'm not telling them what to do. It's not okay. up to me. It's up to them. They can play for another 10 years. I just don't have to go see it. Okay. Well, we said, and I'm not, that. and I'm not begrudging anyone else to see. If you want to go see them, great. Have Do fun. It. You will. I will. What? They will have fun if they go see Kiss live. Well, good for them. As long as they don't. It's not going to sit there and bother me that carry. man. People are having fun with Kiss right now. I don't <laughs> no, no, I'm not saying that. I, I, know, I, well, I know that. Yeah, but I mean, like, I just, I personally don't want to go see them live All again. Right. And I'll still enjoy them. I got plenty of videos and stuff to look at. I got rec- records to listen to. As we established earlier, if Kiss comes out with a new album every six I'll months, still buy you it. will buy it. Absolutely. Okay, there we go. There you go. There I'm you- all about original material. There's sure. your solution. Paul? Yeah, you, put a record out. Sure. Do whatever you want. You can do a lot of good stuff in the studio to right. cover up a, vo- a vocal issue. Sure. You know, the last Kiss albums show that. If, if the case I'm just is, happy to hear songs written by the guys. Right. Sure. Yeah. Write songs no, for other I'm bands. Not, you know, not, do the Kiss 2.0 thing. I'm you not know? shitting on them at all, man. I just. I, we would love for Kiss to live forever. Just as much as we well, that's love, the thing. We would love for ourselves to live for get, forever. Well, we would love to live forever with Kiss. You know, maybe this will. And in a lot of ways, because of the what they've done over the years, we do get to live forever with Kiss. And so do our children, and so do their children. Because in some way or form, somebody's always going to remember Kiss. Why? Because they're the hottest band in the world and the greatest band of all fucking time. And so mm-hmm. Kiss is always going to be around. I hear what you're saying about the hurting of the legacy. That does kind of suck. But you, you got to find that, that point of, you know, at what point do you cut people off from no more no more kiss for you, no more seeing kiss live. You are, you missed the boat. You will never get this opportunity I'll never again. tell anybody That's that. That's got to hurt. That's got to hurt to, no. to look at somebody and say, your opportunity to see kiss is gone. No, I'll never do that. Do you that. remember? Do you remember what it was like to be a teenager? I guess because sure. you were in the crazy nights area. You came up with that. Oh, you took To look back and yeah. be, before the reunion, just to, yeah. to fantasize, 
to dream about what it would be like to see Kiss mm-hmm. in full makeup yeah. with all four original members. I mean, this, what we got now, is really cool. Mm-hmm. But that was out of this world. And it was legendary. Sure. Because you didn't get to see it. That was before your time. You were weird like me. You were out of time. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't have been a Kiss fan, but you were just like me. And so you never got to see that. So it meant so much right. when it actually happened. Absolutely. Now, to take that person, to take I'm you at that age. I'm not telling anyone to go to see him, Aaron. Look, look 12-year-old <laughs> Chris Sinzak in the eyes and tell him you will never see Kiss again. Doesn't that break your heart? Go watch some YouTube if you want to remember what it was like. I'm not telling anyone to not go see him. No, I know that. I'm not telling but, them to hang but it up. But I'm saying, you know, when they do hang it up, that's terrible. It is terrible. And in our hearts, uh, we don't me, ever want them to hang it up. Let me be clear. But let's be real. I personally would not go see them live again. But it also pains me to think of a time that Kiss is not around. Yeah, me too. I'm happy they're still in existence. And I will never tell anyone not to go see them. If you have the opportunity and you've never seen them live, go see them. Yeah, no, it's worth I'm, seeing them. I'm saying it's going to be sad when you have to look a young person in the eye and tell them, oh, you missed <laughs> No, this. dude, I got that in 1989. Yeah, from, In totally. 1990 That's from people saying. going, I saw them in 75, right. and you'll never see what they were. Yeah. And I'm like, well, we're, fuck you. I just saw them on the Hot in the Shade tour, and they were mind-blowing. We're kind of the last of that kind, you know. We kind of are. We, but I'll never dissuade anyone from like. seeing them live. No, no fuck no, no, dude. Sport kiss. If you have a chance to see them live and you have a good time, then that's worth it. I mean, that's a rite of passage. And if you need some kiss toilet paper or <laughs> uh, there. Hello Kitty or a <laughs> casket or good God, there's so many cologne i don't know if they still make the cologne although i'm sure you can get it and it's you know where it's at it's at amazon and you know how to get to amazon through our link at decibelgeek.com we always say it we're going to take a moment here at the very end as we wrap this up tell you there's all kinds of awesome kiss stuff out there to get starting with the music support this band hey some people think they made enough money I think they deserve a lot That's more. That's up to them to decide. I think they deserve a lot more for all the good that they've given us over the years. Because if it weren't for Kiss, probably wouldn't be friends with Chris Sinzak. If it weren't <laughs> for Kiss, I wouldn't have had some of the best friends I had growing up. You wouldn't up. be listening to if this it, show. If it weren't for Kiss, I definitely would not be who I am. Because... I was three or four years old listening to Kiss albums and going, wow, that's what life's all about. So you're welcome from Kiss. It's Aaron Camaro. They, I'm their children. They were, Gene and Paul were, and Peter and Ace were my parents. They raised me. <laughs> it's Aaron's Stanley hyphen Simmons hyphen yeah. Chris hyphen Fraley. I'm all of that. It's all a part of me. And I know a lot of the people that listen to this, it's all a part of you too, you know. And it's sad to think we're at that age where we're, we are coming to the end, you know. But when, yeah, we are. But one thing is for certain, we will never come to the end of Christmas in July because no. we're always, as long as Decibel Geek is alive and breathing and kicking, we're always going to dedicate the month of July to Kiss. Mm-hmm. Why? Because like I said, they're the greatest band of all freaking time. Absolutely. And they deserve it. And, you know, it is, it's a weird perspective where we're at right now to see. It's a strange We're, we're going to see the end of it. It's like seeing the end. It's like, it's hard to think it's about, like knowing yeah. the end of the world is coming. That's true. These guys are not going to live forever. No, and they're not going to be able to play forever, and we are going to see the end. And you know what? That's going to be a sad day. It's going to be a really sad day. But Enjoy them while you can. Exactly. Get out there, see them, support them, buy their music. Mm-hmm. Let them know. I mean, shit. Send them emails. Ryan and the guys told us last week, Gene Simmons reads his shit. He does. Send him this guy. Find out how to get a hold of him. Words Hit him up stuff. on his Facebook fan pages and stuff. Sure. Let him know how much he's done for you. Let him know how much you appreciate what mm-hmm. he's done. Paul, Eric, Ace, all of them, Peter, Vinny. you know, Vinny. 
if you, you can if find you, him, send him you, a message. If you have his email address, <laughs> and send then him, send it to me. Send him a message. Let him know you love him, <laughs> and then pass that on to Chris. Yeah, please do. Um, so as always, we want to thank you guys for joining us for another. I like to call successful Christmas in July here on it's the been Best Geek Podcast. As it always is, yeah, of course. This is always the most fun one is because we always take one to just kind of lay back and relax. And it's been a good breather. Talk Kiss. Even though we got a little heated at times. Oh, man. I forgive you. <laughs> I know you love Kiss. Well, yeah. That kind of goes without saying. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining us once again. We are the Decibel Geek Podcast. We love you very much. We love rock and roll. We love bringing you this every week. So even if you're a Kiss fan and nothing else... Stick around. We've got some really cool stuff coming up now that we're back into the normal swing of things. And, of course, we're always going to talk about KISS. Of course. So, till then, we'll see you next week. See you. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.